Welcome to the program here. Uh, the phones are open if you want to join us. You can bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the authentic Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will, is also here. Captain, you were um, interested in talking about the five million dollar president tonight. <laughs> what is that? We can make him slower. <laughs> slower. We can make him fall down more. <laughs> Weaker, worse than he was before. <laughs> During the pre-show prep, we were talking about. I don't remember who did it, but some one of these skit comedy shows, maybe mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live or Mad TV or something like that. A long time ago, they did a. A spoof of the $6 million man, mm. and instead they made the $600 man. Okay. It was built out of, like, you know, toaster parts from a junkyard <laughs> and, you know, blender pieces, and, you know, because they had no budget at the time mm-hmm. for the military. But uh, now, wrong kind of $5 million man. Uh, this one is uh, none other than the president, Joe Biden. Well, what about him? Well, would you like to buy Joe Biden? Apparently, he's for sale for $5 million. That seems kind of cheap for a president. That's what I said. What a bargain. Like, I mean, this seems like, you know, basement pricing. Is there a sale today? Is it a holiday? What's going on? Uh, This from Zero Hedge. Bombshell FBI document alleges $5 million bribe paid to Joe Biden by Burisma Executive. I know you're shocked. Oh, Burisma. That's the, wasn't that the Ukrainian power company? Yep. That Hunter Biden was all yeah, Ukrainian, in depth with? Yeah, Ukrainian oil company that uh, Hunter Biden got like a really, really high level, well-paid yeah, position. Yeah, he was getting like 50 mil or something like that, right? You know, because he has tremendous experience in and his uh, Ukrainian is flawless. And power companies and that kind and of And uh-huh. he's never done crack. No, no, no. <laughs> Nor does he own a laptop. Or hired <laughs> prostitutes. <laughs> or all three at the same time. Yeah. Uh, someone has leaked the contents of the stonewalled FBI document form FD-1023, which alleges that President Joe Biden was paid $5 million by an executive of Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma Holdings, where his son Hunter sat on the board. That's right. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's his job description. Just sit there. Board member. Mm-hmm. You just you just sit. I mean, that's pretty much Don't all you do, do on a board. Just sit. sit. I mean, it is a perfect place to put someone who's absolutely useless, but you're, you know, using to bribe his dad. Yeah, I mean, basically, board board positions uh, in some cases are very kind of well. In all cases, they're really boring positions. B o r e d, not b o a r d. Very b o r i n g, boring. Um, and I, I presume they're, you know, we're we're giving him this for some reason, and that's never really been made clear. Well, the form dated June thirtieth, twenty twenty is from a highly credible confidential human source who had detailed multiple meetings and conversations they had with a top Burisma executive uh, over the course of several years, beginning in 2015. The CHS had been working with the FBI as a regular, reliable source of information since 2010 and has been paid approximately $200,000 by the Bureau. Hmm. The Burisma executive sought the advice of the confidential source. A, bur- uh, a business professional on gaining U.S. oil rights and getting involved with the U.S. oil company. The source is familiar with the document said the Burisma executive was speaking with the confidential source to get advice on the best way to go forward in 2015 and 2016. Mm-hmm. According to the form, the confidential human source said the Burisma executive discussed Hunter's role on the board. 
The confidential human source questioned why the Burisma executive needed his or her advice on acquiring access to U.S. oil if he had Hunter Biden on the board. <laughs> the Burisma executive answered by referring to he's Hunter Biden hell. as dumb. <laughs> so this executive well, it's, said it's yeah. almost like he didn't meritocratically earn his place right. on the board of uh, of a ukrainian he, company he didn't perform tasks valuable enough and rise through the ranks by his own accomplishments to achieve his his yeah. seat on the board that's kind of what it sounds it like it begs the question <laughs> again why is he there if he is so <laughs> stupid to the point where yeah well the, to ask that question is to answer it I mean, obviously, this is a way of bribing the people in actual power. Sure. And, and the funny but part why? about this, well, I mean, the well, because they're because the American government runs Ukraine, pure mm-hmm. and simple. So when the coup happened in 2014, Burisma right. didn't even bother to try and bribe the new incoming government. They went straight over their head to their managers in the United States government. Smart move. It is. So it's a real t- uh, cost-saving motion mm-hmm. right there. You don't have to bribe a bunch of people when you can just bribe the president Exactly. Himself. Why bother with these middle management types when I know who you're taking orders from? Or in that case, the vice president. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, exactly. Well, who knows if Barack Obama got himself a cut, too. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. And either way, that was the reason for it, which is why he lost his job as soon as Obama was no longer in office. Wait, who lost whose job? Oh, uh, uh, Hunter Biden lost his job as a... At Burisma. Uh, at Burisma, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that detail. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As, ah. yeah, the second that uh, that uh, they lost that election, uh, it was announced that they were letting him go with right. a nice severance We don't package. need your services on the board anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it like $5 million? I don't remember how much. It, it may have been, <laughs> actually. Be. According to the Burisma executive, the company had to, quote, pay the Bidens because Ukraine's lead prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, was investigating Burisma. According to the CHS, he suggested that the Burisma executive pay the Bidens $50,000 each. That's it. This is the part in the in the movie, uh, Austin Powers, where where everybody laughs at the paltry sum of Uh money that's being, you know, they're anyway. Uh, to which the Burisma executive replied, no, not $50,000. It's $5 million. $5 million, okay. $5 million for one Biden, $5 million for the other Biden, the executive reportedly said. Okay, all right. So, so one for five for Hunter, five for Dad. Uh, one can only assume these things, but okay. this is a, a supposed quote from this executive. The- it sounds to me like Dad wanted his son to be taken care of, right? Because... He doesn't bring anything to the operation. Yeah. He doesn't bring anything to <laughs> the board. He doesn't have any expertise on securing oil rights or nope. cutting deals with American oil companies. Yeah. He has no power to assist with any kind of governmental issues. Right. So it was totally like a nepotistic thing like oh you're gonna help me out well you need mm-hmm. to help my son he's a crackhead well, yeah and if you look through the emails it'll be like and this much to the big guy which is mm-hmm. pretty obviously his dad. So, yeah, the, this was very simply a way of getting a cut to Biden. I mean, uh, uh, these are these are all just ways of paying bribes without them appearing to be bribes. Sure. Just like books and uh, speaking tours, all of these things. Totally legal. Yeah, yeah. And, there's, and there's some of that as the article continues. Uh, the $5 million repayments appeared to reference some sort of retainer that Burisma intended to pay the Bidens in order to clean up several issues, including the investigation led by Shokin. Uh, another source told Fox... The idea being, hold on, the idea being that the pro- so the Shokin guy was the prosecutor in the in Ukraine. Ukraine. Right. 
But the idea being that because the United States put all these guys in power, essentially, that they could whisper down the line and say, you need to lighten up on Burisma. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, the CHS believes that the $5 million payment to Joe Biden and $5 million to Hunter happened as the Burisma executive said he paid the Bidens uh, so through so many different bank accounts. That's a quote. Through so many different bank accounts. Huh. Uh, that investigators would not be able to unravel this for years. The document does make reference to the big guy, mm-hmm. as you mentioned just yep. moments ago. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is all about uh, another form of regulatory capture. So they know that the laws that will be put in place by this new government will only happen with the okay of the American government. So they don't want the new government to put in laws that restricts them. They want the new government to put in laws that restricts their competition. Right. So this is their way of making sure that they can whisper in those particular ears so that the laws that do pass in the new uh, propped-up puppet government are only the ones that benefit Burisma. You have to wonder what they're doing now. You know, are they... uh is Hunter back involved in some way, shape, or form? He's or, back in well, crack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that they're just as up to their noses in yeah. corruption as they used to be. I mean, it's it's an intensely corrupt they, country, honestly. They are tyrants, aren't they? Well, sure. so there's tyrants and then there's tyrants, right? So, like, uh, you know, we complain very frequently about the new things that they're, you know, adding on top of the tyranny in this country. But I wouldn't compare it to, say, North Korea. So there's tyrants and then there's tyrants. Mm-hmm. So like uh, North Korean tyranny is a much worse form of tyranny, without a doubt. And there's corruption and, there, and there's corruption. So like there's regular corruption. Yeah, some slave plantations treat their slaves better than others. Yeah, exactly. Well, That's we really know what it comes down the to. The money has gotten way bigger, right? Because yeah. now there's literally, what, $100 billion plus in counting uh, taxpayer dollars that have been shuffled over to Ukraine. Of course, once it gets and there, another $2.1 billion is going over. Fresh, fresh, because they didn't have enough already. Yeah. So, and of course, once it gets there, you lose track of anything as far as where it goes. So, who knows? You know, did Burisma get a cut of it? Uh, Did the Nazis that are in the the military there get a a big cut of it? Who knows where that money's going? And I know where some of the money is going is it's coming right back around. So, like they, uh, when SBF uh, got caught with uh, the FTX, yeah, with the FTX problem. So, one of the things that came out because okay, all of a sudden these are these are public documents that everyone gets to look at one of the things that came out was that uh that money got laundered so it went from all of us Mm -hmm. to ukraine from ukraine to sam bankman fried in Mm -hmm. ftx and from ftx back to the democratic national convention funny how that works real simple money laundering Mm -hmm. but it's legal according to the burisma executive they didn't pay the big guy directly meanwhile sources tell Uh, Fox that the Burisma executive appears to be at a very, very high level of the company with one source even suggesting that it could be the president of the company, Mikola Zlachevsky, though the executive's name is redacted in the document. Biden notably bragged on camera about quid pro quo arrangement to have Shokin fired. Wow. Yeah. I said you're he says not- all kinds of things out loud, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's never any kind oh, yeah. of consequence. That was that, that was honestly like it, it was a conspiracy theorist's wet dream. So mm-hmm. there he is at the uh, 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 oh, what is it? Um, oh, it's one of those uh, round table, like the uh, uh, 
uh, on like foreign affairs, the uh, Committee on Foreign Affairs, okay. I think it was. So he's at you know one of the like big conspiracy roundhouses that these people of immense power are always on. Uh, that and the Trilateral Commission mm-hmm. and uh, that sort of thing. So he's at that, speaking there on the record about this corruption, where he says. Uh, that you've got to get rid of this investigator who's going after his son. And if you don't get rid of this investigator, I will be on that plane and you're not getting your money. Here's the actual quote from Joe Biden. I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Okay. That's the actual quote (laughs) Biden said in 2018 at a CFR event. That was it. Yeah. CFR council on foreign relations. Interesting. That was during the Trump administration. How? <laughs> I guess he just has enough connections. Wait, he to said, well, he said that about when he was under Obama, because he was actually visiting that that country. I think either with Obama or on his behalf. Huh. Okay. And wouldn't you know, he got fired. Uh huh. Yeah, but he did. S O B. He got mm-hmm. fired. That's that. That's the actually. It says, "Well, son of a." I, mm-hmm. Can I say that on the air? Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Son yeah. of a bitch. You got son fired. Son of a bitch. He got fired. He continued, yeah. and they put in place someone who was solid at the time. <laughs> solid. I guess yeah. solid means solid uh, on, with the on their side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Solid means he's in the mafia. Mm-hmm. He's, on the take. He's on. Yeah, on the mm-hmm. take. He's not going to go after this corruption and you know ruin our gig. Of Jeez. course, we would be remiss if we didn't note that this is exactly what Trump was impeached for asking about. After the 2019 phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky, who Trump mm. asked to launch investigations into the Biden family, particularly Hunter's dealings with Burisma and Joe Biden's involvement in Shokin's ouster. Yeah, when it comes to international corruption, uh, Ukraine has more than its fair share, mm-hmm. like a really significant more than its fair share that goes through Ukraine to launder all of this. And look what Trump got as a result. Right. He's got 37 uh, charges now that he's facing in federal (laughs) court. Well, and that's one of the things like these are permanent messages that they are giving to any new presidents in the future. This is what we will do to you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. This is where the line is. Mm -hmm. Here's where our line is. You do not mess with our payday. And here's our payday. There's just a couple more points in the article. The confidential source, according to sources familiar with the FD 1023 form, told the Burisma executive he should... Quote, get away from the Bidens and said the executives should not want to be involved with them. Mm. A source familiar with the document told uh, Fox News Digital that the confidential human source goes on to detail a later conversation with the Burisma executive following the 2016 presidential election. The confidential source asked the executive if he was upset that Donald Trump won. The source said the Burisma executive told the confidential source that he was an oracle referring to his or her advice to get away from the Bidens due to fears of potential investigations into their dealings. These revelations came to pass after a whistleblower approached uh, GOP Senator Chuck Grassley and House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer hmm. to let them know that the FBI was in possession of document FD-1023. Well, of course, nothing will be done about this no. document, but it's interesting nonetheless. And in the same way uh, you referred to President Trump uh, facing charges and mm-hmm. being impeached, and you know, and we've seen this happen before. Nothing's going to Not happen. charges. Yeah, I, I, okay. You think but nothing's going to happen with I this? I think nothing's going to happen. 
What do you mean by that? It, nobody prosecutes a president, a former president. He's being prosecuted. Uh, yeah, but it's just, it's going to fall apart. And you think all, so? Yeah. I think it's all yeah, just going to. I'm with him. You know? Really? Oh, or, yeah. or he's going to get off completely. It's just, it's a dog and pony I mean, show. like, really? Let, okay. Let, let's I, run I these so. ideas. Let's let's investigate, you know, in, in our own little imaginary world, what will happen on on A or B, right? Okay. So. Well, first uh, of all, it's uh, it, before you do that. It is certainly unprecedented what they've what they've done, right? right? Like no right. president has ever been raided by the FBI in his home. Right. That happened, and as soon as that happened, I'm like, all right, all bet all bets are off. I mm-hmm. thought this. I thought he was untouchable, like every president. And no, he's not untouchable, at least in yeah. that way. And now charges are being brought, thirty mm-hmm. something charges. I mean, that's a pretty serious uh, array of charges. They may end up bringing more later on if they yeah. treat us. You know, they treat him like they treat anybody else. Mm-hmm. So well, why is okay. well, why are you so well, skeptical? Hold on. So, so uh, just to to deal with the the massive break in protocol that this yeah. is. So, like, uh, I'm a student of history, mm-hmm. and you see this sort of thing happen at certain turning points. So, like, this is the sort of thing that you would expect when, say, the communists are taking over. It's like, okay, well, we've reached this point. Now we're going to use the police apparatus to target our political opponents. Now, whether it's the communists or the fascists or whoever it is, whenever some ideology or another hits a certain point of popularity and they've done enough to change the society and its laws, then they just have to keep pushing the envelope and going further and further. Like they reach that point where they just have to nail it or else they're all going to be put in jail. So why would they backtrack? Mm-hmm. If they're if they're going forward, if they're you know right. trying to send That's... a message, why would they backtrack and drop the charges or or botch the case, throw the case or whatever? I mean, what are you That's predicting is going to happen here? Oh, what do I, well, what I think is going to happen is that none of this is going to it is going to go anywhere. So like for one thing, Part of this, meaning they'll lose a look, jury. They trial? know. They know that. Uh, look, they know that uh, Trump is not going to exit any wars. They know that right. he's he's not well, what no, they want. He did kind of draw down Afghanistan, didn't he? I mean, a bit. He, he shuffled some troops. Yeah, I, I mean, he withdrew some troops, well, and then Biden well, withdrew the rest. But then, of them. He, but then he sent them somewhere else. Well, right. of course. Right. He didn't wind down any of the, like, what are we in, half a dozen wars right now? He didn't know. wind any of I'm those down. Uh, he didn't He didn't even withhold from Ukraine any of the weapons that they wanted or any of the money to buy the weapons from us that yeah, they wanted. Yeah, by no means was he, uh, you know, that different from any of his predecessors. Right. right. So this, this, I think, is just another, it's another thing to say, look how anti-establishment Trump is. See, the whole establishment's going after him. You think this is a play to actually get him more publicity, more popularity? I mean, certainly people are going to galvanize behind him. You do realize that negative publicity spreads faster and further than positive publicity. Yeah, no, I get it. But uh, So do you think that when this goes to trial, the odds that they're going to bring 37 charges and then drop all 37 seem pretty low, right? They're... They, you know, the federal government doesn't bring charges against you just to play a little, you know, sh- show. It's not a show, right? Like, they're, they're going to go forward know, with this. Or is it, right? Because it seems to me like this is a lot like watching some episode, you know, on the next episode, you know, of, of the United States of America previously. On. It seems to me like his best chance is to hope that a Trumper gets on the jury. And the odds are someone will. I mean, 12 people, there's a good chance at least one of them is going to yeah, be a Trump I, fan. So, just, um, based uh, on history, I don't think anything is going to happen other than a whole bunch of people are going to be talking well, about it. Uh, th- this one's being held from, like, the jury selection is uh, from Florida, right? 
Or is this yes, the one that's the... Yes, this be the Southern District of Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's going to be a Trumper on that jury. Okay. Like, th- there's going to be at mm-hmm. least one Trumper that ends up on that jury, and he'll at least hang, hang the, jury, the jury, if nothing else. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think that anything important is going to come from this. Mm-hmm. I think this is just, uh, it, it's no new, it's the, uh, the no such thing as bad press. It's the this. WWE, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, this is just the next piece of drama in the soap opera that is the United States government. Yeah. And and it's it it's beautiful for both sides because the the Republicans get to you know really put on this amazing show of yeah, we're the underdogs. Mm-hmm. We're taking down the establishment and draining the swamp. Woo! Which none of that's going to happen. We know that for a fact because none of that did happen in the 4 years that he existed as president and in the 2 years that he had, he was president and had the the Senate and and the House. So like no, sure. none of that's going to happen. And, I guess and and on the left, right. they get to really flip out. And oh, that's yeah. one of the big parts about this is like the, the whole woke movement has hit this this uh, this point where it is either going to explode or fizzle. And that's why they have to keep pushing the boundary and be like, look, we have to we have to do if we have to break the law to make sure that these white supremacists do not end up in the White House, then that's just what we have to do. I guess another possibility for Trump is he gets elected before the trial, which, you know, federal government takes a long time to get and to the trial. And then he pardons himself. And then pardons himself. Right. Pardon right. me, everyone. Or fires the prosecutor or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's I'm not just like- saying historically speaking. This is unprecedented in any way, and not unprecedented, not to be convenient. But and so, based on history, no president has successfully been prosecuted really for anything. Yeah, and this e- is the first even attempt. And, and even well, no, I mean there have been previous impeachments and previous attempts, but those at, aren't prosecutions. All, all of this kind of a thing. Those aren't criminal charges. Right. I'm okay, sure, but that's what makes this you know a story. Right? It is a story for and sure. Outside of that, though, historical precedent suggests. That nothing is going to happen. Right, that's an interesting and, prediction. And I believe it because I think Peakless is on to something. Mm-hmm. What these people in power want to do is rile up the pitchfork people against the torch people mm-hmm. and the torch people mm-hmm. against the pitchfork people. Meanwhile, they're all robbing us blind and murdering whoever they want to. That's a great point. And what's fun about this one, they can tell both sides that the other side is the racist ones. The number, if you want to join us here, it's 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Meanwhile, they're saying that there's this guy that come. what was it, this week, said UFOs are a real thing and the government's been... Uh, uh, man, they keep trying to get us to bite on that lure, and I'm, I'm really glad so far it ain't working. All right, you're skeptical. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. 
It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join us on this live Saturday episode. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the uh, corruption that, of course, is inevitable when you have a position that is as powerful as the President of the United States. Well, and if you have an organization that is based on immoral acts and unethical behavior that claims a monopoly on violence, that organization can't help but be corrupt. Indeed. Uh, By the way, I want to say thanks to Daniel Goudreau, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. You can join AMPS, as Daniel has done. Uh, Silver level, what is uh, five bucks a month, and that is all that we ask over at amps.freetalklive.com. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. It's a way for you to get behind the show here and help us continue to spread the ideas of liberty and peace, freedom, cryptocurrency, the things we like to talk about here. Seven nights a week on broadcast radio and beyond. We're on podcasts. We're on live streams as well. So thanks, Dan, for uh, for supporting us. And you can join him over at amps.freetalklive.com. It takes you to our Patreon page where you can sign up with a debit card, credit card, or PayPal. If you don't care for Patreon, and there are reasons to not care for Patreon, uh, you can use our Odyssey channel as well. There's a way to donate through that. You can uh, get a monthly donation set up with your debit card or credit card. Go to video.freetalklive.com and click the Join button at the top of our video channel, and you can get signed up there. And then you're supporting Odyssey with the fees instead of supporting Patreon. So either way, the money helps us do what we do. So I, thank you. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding of radio transmission as opposed to you know internet transmission mm-hmm is that uh, these signals are broadcast into the air, yes. and then they just sort of keep going. And they leave the atmosphere if the signals are strong enough, powerful enough, and will yeah. travel throughout the universe. I don't know how far, but they, they go somewhere. Because, well, I know that there are scientists who have these radio telescopes pointed at the sky, yeah. and they're always searching for some sort of radio transmission coming from other directions. Right, right. So it seems to me that Free Talk Live is intergalactic. It could be. I don't know how radio transmits out beyond I'm, uh, I'm the Earth. I'm not sure. No, the other galaxies are too far away. Yeah, I don't know. Like the it, whether or not it's intergalactic depends on uh, whether it's reached another galaxy, and it takes more than say twenty years at light speed. All right, so can we? We say are it's... interstellar, though. Good point. How about Good galactic? Point. We are galactic. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay we are enough. a galactically broadcast cool. radio program. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the phones here. We got Tim on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Tim. This is Tim on the line in Florida. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So I took my friend Bill. He's 86 year old. Uh, I took him to Walmart uh, yesterday. It's nice of you. No, it was the day. It was the day before. Uh, anyway, there was an issue. Uh, you know, we we roll up because he's got he's got a person uh, living in his place, and they've taken over the living room, and you know they're on his TV. And is this an unwanted over? person, like somebody who's? It's, it's well, I don't want to get into the whole story, but it's actually the owner of the apartment. Um, let's let's say he was evading a divorce situation and, and property ownership, and it. It ended up, you know, he lost everything. So anyway, he's got this guy there now. He's going to be leaving at the end of the month. Not the point, but he's there in the living room now. So Mm -hmm. like he's watching the TV. So I took my friend Bill to Walmart to get Roku and he brought some printer ink. So we're talking about like $140 and then he wanted to get $100 cash back. Mm -hmm. You know, this is basically the legacy banking system. And this is a story about how the legacy banking system both failed my friend who was 86 
and uh, it basically embarrassed him at Walmart oh, for no geez. good reason. And we still don't know why. All right, what happened? <laughs> yeah, so so he runs his card, you know, puts in his code. His code's right, and uh, it declines. It declines like three times in a row. Mm-hmm. And the and the Haitian chick is trying to help him, and I'm like, look, it's not, it's not the it's not the chip reader. It's it's something else, you know. Something with his account. In other words, the the bank's doing it again because mm-hmm. the guy's waiting behind us. So so finally, I'm like. I whispered in Bill's ear. I'm like, let me run my credit card. I ran my credit card so we could get out of there. Right. The next day we went to the bank. The guy, the guy didn't know why, right. um, but he said, "Yeah, your card's good." The well, the was there enough it? of a was there a balance in his account? Yeah, I mean, he's got thirty eight thousand dollars in his account. So it's like, did he say why his card was card declined? Canceled. Yeah. Nope. They don't know. I mean, they That's should crazy. be able to figure that out. They should be able to look at the transaction logs and say, okay, well, you know, this was the yep. reason or, or whatever. And maybe he was getting well, his PIN it, number it, wrong? It even, it, no, and it even hit, hit, it even hit his uh, uh, account as pre-authorization like five times. Whoa. So if he, if he had have only had like $500 in his account, he would have gone negative, possibly. Right, because that pre-authorization uh, you know. hangs out for a while, and if you stack them on yep. top of each other, it can actually prevent you from making any meaningful mm. transaction. Yeah, I guess you're right. This does sound like just a straight-up uh, bank system failure, where it, the, the system did not do what it was supposed to do, which was if you, get failed. The, if you get the PIN number right, that's supposed to authorize the transaction, and uh, that's it. That's supposed to be the end of the story. Yeah. And this guy, this guy's already afraid of like people trying to steal his money, you know, because they've mm-hmm. got into his computer before uh, using remote software, and they call him Ooh. on the phone from a different country. Yeah. Anyway, I just want I want to share that with you because it's, it really is a failure of the banking system, and if if, if we just used a push system, not to say Bitcoin, because mm-hmm. that's slow, slow and bulky, but uh, maybe Dash. But if we just used a push system. Uh, we wouldn't even have to deal with this. Yeah, what you're referring to is uh, cryptocurrencies, where generally, I don't think there's any that, I've, I've never heard of any that does it differently. With cryptocurrency, no one else can authorize a transaction besides you, unless, of course, you've given them your keys, and right. then they could do that. But uh, by default, you have your keys, and you're the only one that has them, and so you are the one who sends the transaction. It is permissionless. It goes over a network that is decentralized, no one can stop it. There's no one in the way to say, whoa, whoa, are you really the person you say you are? No, it's, they, it's, as long as you got the, the keys, you can send the transaction. There's no one that says that you can't do this. There's no, uh, unless the internet's not working, your transaction is going to go through. It's going to make it to the receiving party. Yep. So here's the question that I have about this. Uh, is he taking this warning for what it is. Look, you've got thousands of dollars that at any time they can just say, no, you may not spend these because it's not your money. You have an account with someone else. You have a loan that you've made to a bank. You don't have money. Now, if you had like a safe full of gold backs or uh, an account full of Bitcoin cash or something like that, you would have money. But what you have when you, quote-unquote, have money in a bank is you have made a loan to a bank, and it might repay it when you ask for it, or it might not. Is there an answer, Tim? Does, uh, you know, does he feel differently now about the, the banking system, or is this like you know, going to be looked at as just a one-time fluke, and you know, he'll just keep on doing what he's always done? 
Did we lose you? Did we lose you? Tim? I think we lost Tim. Uh, Tim, thanks for the call tonight. My guess is at 86 years old, he's too old to change. Yeah. Uh, not he not interested how old in, is. I, I do want to say, though, that um, the legacy banking system, uh, regulated by, well, the U.S. government mm-hmm. as well as the Federal Reserve vicariously through the government, uh, is not designed for human ease it's not designed with customer service in mind Mm -mm. it's not designed with any of that in mind it is designed to be uh, a a grinder right that's all that it does and if you get caught up in the churn of the system it will chew you up and spit you Mm -hmm. out yeah and the fact of the matter is that's not where they make their money that's why it isn't designed for our benefit, because we're not their real customers. Their real customers are BlackRock, the federal government, like all of right. these incredibly corrupt entities are where they're making their real money. Yeah, who oddly enough are kept very happy. Indeed. And that's why like when something happens where it's like, oh, right, I've got depositors. Who want their money back? Mm. When something like that happens, they're they're just completely taken aback. And sometimes it'll cause the entire bank to fold because they go, Oh right. We have we have customers, like depositors that actually want their money sometimes. Forgot about that because we weren't making any of our money from you guys. We were making our money from the people who who pay us back for the loans yes. on the money that we printed out of thin air. Yeah. I do recall uh, sometime, probably in the last decade, you guys are familiar with payday loans. Yeah, sure. Right? Very so high interest. Very high loans. interest. A lot of folks get caught up in that uh, mm-hmm. that churn and you mm-hmm. end up losing money big time or they start playing one against another. So they'll go borrow from one payday loan company yeah, really and bad. borrow from another one to pay the first one off yeah, and that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, the, uh, what really got me was one day I logged into my uh, then non-credit union bank account. And after, uh, because I was looking to see, I was actually searching for a new bank. I wanted to get out of this one bank because they had done me wrong on some overdraft charges. And I was like, I'm done with you guys. I'm just moving my money. Uh, And uh, lo and behold, uh, inside of my user interface interface on their website was, hey, uh, you uh, already are on direct deposit. And so uh, we've enabled this new payday loan feature right in your bank account for you. Mm. Yeah, same high interest rate as mm-hmm. the payday loan wow. places, right? They just took, literally, the bank stole the payday loans product and put it inside Amazing. of their user interface for when the their customers log in. Good yeah. bank to leave, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you had a story about banks tonight, Peekless. Why don't you pull up the latest on Wells Fargo, one of the largest banks in the country? And we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but first, let's go to David in San Francisco. Uh, David, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, I got uh, when I took financial management in college, they taught us never, ever borrow over three percent. And when you start looking at the Federal Reserve right now, they're trying to get uh, borrowing up to six (laughs) percent. And uh, so twice dangerous. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, you know, this um, I've forgotten the term you use about the banking system, but it's. The old boy system is designed to keep people in perpetual debt, yep. and and uh, the idea of in, you know in fact um, when Biden was talking about getting the uh, kids out from underneath the student loans, they he would be 
basically creating uh, a, 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 an enormous opportunity for them to expand and actually create something instead of being locked into perpetual debt. And the idea of cutting a few loans would free up so many people, you know, inventive ideas and ex- ability to uh, rebuild your back porch or any, you know, enhance your house and your other assets. It's just so penny wise and pound foolish to be talking about uh, uh, stifling uh, the student loans problem. So wait, you're you're saying people should uh, have the federal government pay off their student loans? Well, not exactly that. It's, if you know about... By that, I mean taxpayers? Well, the fake colleges... That there were a bunch of, you know, five, ten years ago, there were these fake colleges that were trapping kids into borrowing money to go to an online university that was basically giving them a kindergarten education. That's about what they're getting in the regular universities at this point. Well, that's not true. No, it really is. Okay, if you look into the if you look into the effect of the so-called education that they're getting in these colleges, in a lot of subjects, they are more informed and capable. They are more capable before they go to college than when they come out, especially in things like economics. They certainly are not as likely to question so-called authority once they get out of government school or government uh, college education the most obedient people that we see in these surveys that are being done are the people who have the highest education if you've got a a master's degree you're more obedient if you've got a a are you the most obedient if you've got uh what's the the lower one uh below that whatever the four-year so how many of those classrooms you've been in personally too many yeah same i'm sure but uh, the money. Well, so you, you sound you sound you sound like you don't believe us that we've been to college. Yeah, now we've been to college. It's uh, it's garbage. Yeah, what was it? Uh, junior college? Was it Harvard? Was it uh, the? School oh, it of very, it very much does not matter at this point. <laughs> I do have a question for for David though. You said uh, at the top of your call that when you went to whatever it was financial management class or whatever it was that they taught you never to borrow. Uh, more than three percent. Do you remember why they taught you that? I'm curious. Well, yeah, as a business, it, and it it goes back to that the baby boom was cheated. Uh, that three percent was actually considered high compared to what people from World War II were paying. I'm a baby boomer, so you know the baby boom kids were the kids of World War II. Mm-hmm. And when when a VA note, you could buy a house for one and a quarter percent. Uh, on a VA note, if you were a World War II vet, they the government would lend you money to buy a house at 1.25. Uh, uh, or excuse me, I think it was 1.5. Uh, and and so, but then the baby boom, Vietnam comes along, and Richard Nixon decides to punish the the baby boomers for opposing the war, and he starts doing the sky's the limit for interest rates. And so the baby boom, all of a sudden, when by the time Jimmy Carter was in, interest rates were 22%. Not 3%, not 1.5%, but 22%. So credit card rates. Jimmy, yeah, crazy numbers. Yeah, and and so when when uh, when I was taught 3%, that was actually, you know, better than twice as high uh, as as World War II vets. Okay, so it's now a they, it's a question of historical reference. I got you. Thanks. 
Well, 7% is 7%, and yeah. that was the usury rate in Missouri, that it was against the law to charge more than 7%. Uh, places like Utah had, uh, I think it was 0.8% uh, usury, uh, but I think the highest usury rate was, I'm trying to think it was New North Carolina or someplace at 11%. So just to clarify it, what you were saying earlier, though, you were saying that uh, you think that the government bailing out through the the taxpayers, of course, or printing money or whatever, uh, bailing out these people with college loans, that's something you support. Well, yeah, because if you look at, and, and this gets into your previous conversation with that other caller, money used to reflect your reputation. If you were an honest person, you'd probably make a bunch of money if you made good cabinetry, if you uh, made good cars, if you made good uh, products, if mm -hmm. you man, whatever you did, your money was supposed to reflect your reputation. But if a thief or a pirate comes along and steals all of it, do they actually have a reputation? And is your reputation lost uh, when somebody steals the numbers? So it's it's money has long been in this problem, and computerized money or tangible gold uh, coins are still reflective of if it was really done by somebody honest or was it just stolen by somebody in the... I'm not sure what any of that has to do with the question about uh, college loans being paid off. So well, let's let's just zero in and focus. Let's just focus on that for a moment here. What it sounds like you're saying, David, by supporting the government using tax money uh, or printing money, which, of course, steals from everyone that has dollars, mm -hmm. uh, to, to pay off. Hold on. I'd like to ask the question. To pay off these college loans, it sounds like what you're saying here is that the privileged brats that go to college should be taken care of by all the hardworking people in the United States who don't have college loans to pay off. Is that right? No. Because when you're saying somebody's uh, a privileged brat, you're, you're, not, you're ignoring the fact that there were people who got cheated and cheated and mm. cheated. Like all of the jobs left Pittsburgh to go to China. All of the jobs left this city to go to someplace else. And they got told, well, you've got to go back to college and learn a new trade. Well, the baby boom went, had to re -go, uh, redo itself at least five times. Five different times that they got cheated out of everything, and the legacy jobs got sent to China or sent to the sweatshops, and all of the looms, all of the uh, fibers, and all of the... Uh, but people going to, uh, to college today, I mean, again, we're talking about people going to college, like, over the last few decades, for instance. Uh, right. These are people who weren't trying to get a manufacturing job. They were going to college to supposedly get, quote-unquote, higher education, and exactly. they and paid through the, the nose for level. it. And now, I don't to disagree to... that they get cheated because I think college is mostly a scam. Uh, and I feel, I feel bad for good people who get scammed out of this money. But that said, buyer beware. If you want to go and get a $100,000 loan for something that's not a really good deal in the first place, whether it's a college or a Ferrari or whatever it is that you know, you, you're going to do with that money – that's not my problem, and I shouldn't be on the hook to bail you out well, for but, your mistakes. What you're, ignoring, what you're ignoring, you know, you guys always talk about gold and tangible assets and specie as, a, like in the old days, the, the treasury of a nation, the gold in its Fort Knox, was the value of the nation. Well, huh? in World War II, the IMF came along, and they said that actually the education of a nation can be seen as an asset. 
that if you've got an intelligent population that can create all sorts of new inventions and yeah, create but, new but the United States doesn't doesn't yeah, create those yeah, types of and, uh, and individuals. Sure Sending do. someone to college to make them smart is like putting someone in the NBA to make them tall. Oh, that's the smartest thing I heard all week. Thanks for the call tonight. He's now, being facetious there, but uh, anyway, go ahead. Now, I, I'll, I'll make the argument that he's making, though. I, I think there is some merit to the argument that, okay, so you have... An the, educated populace yeah, uh, brings well, up no, the, no, the nation. Uh, no, the, uh, the argument that uh, that uh, these ought to be... I mean, you, you say, like, uh, uh, should they be paid by the taxpayer? Well, hold on now. So these loans are uh, uh, fundamentally are made by the Department of Education. Like, they're the ones who are ultimately on the hook for all of these loans. So mm-hmm. these are government loans. The, the people that made these loans are the government. Right. Now, they defrauded all of these people. Yeah. They told them, hey, you will definitely be able to get a job. It will be a good job and a high-paying one, and it'll be in the field that you enjoy. None of that is remotely true at all. Sure. There's a ton of lies around right. college. So since, the, since at this point the government has defrauded people, mm. and those people are now on the hook to the government, yes. if the government then forgives these loans to the people that it defrauded, I don't see how anyone's a victim but in that. But that's not what the proposal is. The proposal isn't to just wipe them off the books. The proposal is to pay them off the books. So I would agree with you. If if the government were simply saying, oh, we're just going to say forgive all these loans and we're just going to cr- you know, cross it off. We're saying it's over. Done day. Here you go. All paid off. Have a nice day, kids. Good luck with your lives. That would be one thing. Mm-hmm. But what they're talking about or the proposal was, and I think it got frozen or something. There's some sort of court thing, I think, that, that froze the procedure on this. I don't recall yeah. the exact status mm-hmm. of it. Uh, but essentially the idea was, no, we're going to go ahead and either print the money or we're going to tax people for it, but the little guy is going to pay off these college loans. Mm. It, they aren't going to just wipe them out. It's going to be paid for every single penny by the U.S. taxpayers. But, but the government has $2.1 billion to give to, to, Ukraine, to Ukraine every Ukraine. other week. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the way they're going to do it. Because fiscal responsibility, we can't just make a loan and not pay it back. Mm, yeah, you can. Well, they don't think they can. Well, they they do it all the yeah. time. I'm I'm waiting for uh, the Fed and the U.S. government to pull uh, what I like to call the Jubilee card. Right, this is something mm-hmm. that has happened uh, in other nations previously, historically, mm-hmm. where they do have some sort of period of debt forgiveness. And by forgiveness, I'm not talking about uh, what you're talking about, where yeah. they're they're going to steal from other people to pay it off. No, they're just saying, okay, we just forgive it. You don't yeah. owe it anymore. This Never debt is happen. wiped off the books. Never going to happen. Uh, it actually might, as a last sort of stand with the dollar collapse, mm. it might be something that they a trick that they pull out of their hat to try and kick the can down the road even further and keep the party going. Yeah, I don't think they're ever going to do that because that would be denying themselves profit. I'm just saying, historically, it's been a tool that has been used, and it wouldn't surprise me if at some point... Uh, as the dollar continues to collapse, as your money gets worth less and your groceries become worth more or, you know, more and more expensive, uh, that they don't uh, come around and say, OK, well, we're going to forgive some people for some things. Right. And then it'll be a it'll be a classic thing. And by classic, I mean within classes. Mm. Right. They're, oh, if you're in this class, you get forgiven. But if you're in this class, you don't get forgiven. 
Yeah, I still don't think even I don't think they'll uh, forgive even one class of their debts, and I'll tell you why. So those other those other periods in history when they've you know played this card, they as far as I know that that never happened while fiat currency was in use. So they weren't printing the money that people owed. So like the reason that ultimately this money you know gets traded back and forth and around and has its value is because people make payments on the debt that created this thing. I'm not an economist, now, just, but I think that the whole idea of Jubilee came about because of what's what we'll refer to historically as fiat, not modern fiat, mm-hmm. but like think Roman fiat, where they're like shaving pieces off the coin and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's not, that's not fiat. Like there is still a metal involved mm-hmm. in that. Like and uh, fiat is something that is declared valuable by the king. Right. Right. I mean, like you can have the point where, like, okay, we demand that you uh, pay as if this was completely made of gold, even though it's obviously not, and that's that's kind of fiat there. But uh, yeah, since this has no, uh, like, people call it intrinsic value, but like, since it has no value except that people will pay their debts, I I don't think that's a tool that's in their uh, belt for this one. Apparently, by the way, the question of these student loan payoffs at the federal level is currently at the Supreme Court, and a verdict is expected on it. Uh, But for now, it's all on hold. There's more coming up. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of That's 603-283-6160 here tonight. It's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. I'm the captain. We're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. We um, Somebody brought up banks tonight. And Peakless Mountaineer, you happen to have a story about one of those banks. Wells Fargo, one of the largest banks in the United States. And uh, apparently at least one branch is severely limiting cash withdrawals. And uh, there's also a limit, maybe uh, br- maybe company wide on ATM withdrawals. Mm-hmm. What we talk about that wow. come up here uh, in a moment. But let's go first to Kev. He's calling us from Florida. Kev, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey guys, I like listening to your show. Welcome, um, Kev. Wish we had a lot of time to go into a lot of stuff, but um, the Jubilee comment that you guys were talking about before—it's actually not a Roman uh, tradition. It's an actual Old Testament tradition. Mm-hmm. I'm. Um, half Hebrew, half Irish, and a part Swedish. And it's what it is, it's um, a process of forgiveness. If you go back to the Old Testament, it's the story of Ruth and Naomi, and there was a redeemer in there. It has to do with a family that's been on a farm for like generations, and they 
didn't have a good crop or something, they would be able to go and get a loan to take care of their expenses. And if the land happened to be part of the loan, after 49 years, if they hadn't paid it back, all the debts were forgiven. It had something to do with um, a Solomonic tradition, Hmm. or maybe it was King Saul. I forget which. It's been a couple of decades since I read it, but it's in there. And that's where the Jubilee concept came from, because, you know, like, for example, in the story of Ruth and Naomi, they didn't have any male relatives because of some war or something that had happened. So they had no way to get their farm back. Mm -hmm. So they were working for somebody else's farm and, you know, subsistence living. And then there was a a relative or something, I forget the guy's name, Japheth or something like that, who came back from a war and was like this second or third cousin, and he could redeem their land, not only because he was the, the male family member, but he could also, you know, take care of the loan. Uh, I think it had something to do with his military service. Or but that, that's where Jubilee came from. It's a, it's an old uh, Hebrew tradition. Hmm. Yeah, I know it's not, older not than than Roman times, and yeah, uh, two or three thousand years old at least. Yeah, I didn't. I you know I probably uh, misspoke. Uh, you know when I mentioned no, you didn't, the, dude. The Rome you guys fiat got currency, so much but... stuff running around in your head trying to deal with all the stuff you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I know what it's like. I got. 25, 30 years of research running around inside of my head. Oh, nice. Uh, So I remember when I first heard the concept of Jubilee regarding like financial forgiveness, other than like somebody referring to, other than somebody referring to like, hey, we're having a party. It'll Mm -hmm. be a Jubilee. (laughs) Uh, The first time I heard it was uh, uh, the guy's name was David Graber. He's, he's dead now. And he was, he was a self-professed anarchist, although he came from the left. So Mm -hmm. he was. He's the guy who uh, who was credited with anarchy uh, is not a bad thing as long as it has the purpose of you know not letting governments destroy people behind it. Right. Once uh, you get too far into it, it gets to be chaotic. So anyway, David Graeber wrote a book called uh, "Debt: The First Five Thousand Years" or something like that. Uh, was the title of his book, and he that's gave pretty neat. I, I'm, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, yeah he gave a variety of lectures, top. and one of them uh, made it my way via YouTube. Of course, it's lengthy. It's I think it's almost three hours long. But he gave a lecture yeah, based well. on his book, and <laughs> that was the first time I was introduced to the concept of jubilee. And he goes into a lot of the things you're saying about how ancient it is, mm-hmm. and how societies yeah. over the course of time have adopted this jubilee from time to time when it was necessary for states to do so. Hmm. And 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 it, and you're correct in that it didn't exist with fiat because the fiat is you know throttle control you know I mean throttle as in choking somebody not mm-hmm. throttle as in speed mm-hmm. by a bunch of those who have the <clears throat> I don't really want to say power but the resources that others don't have anymore yeah. and they can force them to do whatever they want whereas the jubilee concept was land-based because back then uh, property-based didn't okay. really mm-hmm. have loans from a bank i mean you grew your crop you fed your family you had your herds or you were a craftsman you know you made you know carts or whatever it might be that people needed like yeah. like the older gentleman spoke about early earlier when you had the skills that people needed like you guys talk about value for services so to speak yeah you know, and that's why the Jubilee was so, it was part of the, um, 
uh, not civil, but uh, what's the other term for like church type stuff? You got civil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You uh, know the one I'm talking about. Ecclesia- ecclesiastic. Ecclesiastic. Yes, ecclesiastic. Yeah. It was ecclesiastic law. And that's one of the things that the wait a minute, Middle wait a English minute. from the 900s, it, it, Old Testament law. Wait, bear, bear with from, me. Hear me out for just priest. a second. What you're saying yeah, is that means. that it's possible for one person with you know some means who you know maybe mm-hmm. has a, a something resembling a bad crop in whatever their industry is. Uh, it's possible for them to uh, survive that particular downturn by turning to his fellow man. And pledging some of his property in return, meaning banks are completely useless worked, right? and unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Thanks, Kev. Oh, Appreciate your call tonight, on, man. There's, there's one other okay. one other term yes. that I need to give you Go ahead. that you guys really need to do some research on. Okay. I'm going to spell it. It's C A N Q U E. It's called Kank. And it is an old, very old, dynastic Han, Han people, you know, the Chinese Sino-Han area of the world. It goes into money. And it is extremely apropos for what is happening right now. You ever wonder why there is a hole in the middle of Chinese money? Uh, that was so they could put it on a string. No. When you look up the term C-A-N-Q-U-E, be prepared. It's very graphic. What are we going to find out? I mean, can you, can you say it You're on the radio? Find what, you mean, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not one of the seven deadly words. They used to cut people's heads off. Yeah, my, at my first glance, I'm back. only finding it as a name. So, uh, can you give me a little yeah, help and, here? And I found this in the 1914 Webster's New International Dictionary with 1918 addenda, a book I have in one of my libraries, and it's about 2,400 pages. It was an encyclopedic, amazing work of art when a dictionary was something that was extremely valued because, you know, 1908, 1914, paper is very hard to make. And the term C-A-N-Q-U-E, I actually have it on my computer if my computer is up and running because I scanned the pages in so I could have it to refer to. What it is when the debtor had the loan, okay, and they didn't finish paying it, what they did is they took a bunch of planks, usually it was like two foot by two foot or a three foot by three foot square. They cut the planks so that they could fit in a framework, a square framework around the debtor's neck. I'm not making this up. This is what they used to use from 1640 mm-hmm. uh, to 1911, during, just before the Boxer uh, rebellion in China when they destroyed the empire before the um, uh, Republic of China, before Mao's time, okay? And what they did with those pieces of wood is they put like an iron band around it so you couldn't take it off of your neck. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it had to be so big is because you couldn't feed yourself because you hadn't paid your debt. 
and what they would do in the pictures that I have on my computer. I did the I did the search. Uh, okay, so just before you go on, Kev, apparently um, and, and this that, is that, spelled C A N G U E. So that's okay, why it it's so hard be, for us to find be, it. It, it yeah. could be. My There's, apologies. No, no problem. But but you'll see the pictures, and what yep. they would do is they would staple the loan in Chinese characters onto the wood. Oh, so it's like scarlet and lettering, except for debtors. Could pay it. And and that's exactly what they did to debtors for centuries. Anybody who and wanted to could pay the, the loan off the and, and get their friend out of this thing, is what you're saying. Or if the or stranger. debt credit arrangement was worse, they became your slave. And this is the other term mm. that you might find when you do the lookup on it. It's called nexus, N-E-X-U-S. Mm -hmm. It is an ancient Roman tradition going back to the 12 tables, wherein, and it was very, very barbaric, but what, and this is where I think the Roman mafiosos got the concept of cutting off a person's pinky, because in that concept of debtor and creditor, uh, in the old uh, Roman script, it was addicti, A-D-D-I-C-T-E-E. -E was exactly the term they used for the debtor creditor arrangement. If that debtor didn't pay their loan back, the creditor or creditors were, and this is, this is actually in um, an old dictionary from 1850, uh, Bouvier, B-O-U-V-I-E-R. If you look him up, you can find um, in like chest of books or a bunch of different websites back in, the 2010s and 2012 when I was doing my research, I found his dictionary and they describe this other thing that they did with debtors. This is the, the nexus creditor, thing you're talking about. In the Roman tradition, which you guys were talking about yeah. earlier. So these are three different examples. So what did they what do? What was the nexus exactly? What, are the, what was it the thing the, they did? The, the debtor, the addicti, became the nexus between the creditor and any other creditors that he might have. You know, obviously, if you're in debt, you got to go borrow food for your money for food, money for work, whatever it might be. And you became the nexus point and the primary debtor in the Roman tradition of nexus. Is, this goes back to the 12 tables. You'd have to look it up under the Roman 12 tables. Uh, I think uh, something BC to like three or 460 something AD. Um, <clears throat> And the primary creditor took possession of the debtor because back then you could have a slave. It, mm -hmm. it was a common right. thing, you know, whether it was a slave to the household or somebody who had gotten into debt, they became a slave, obviously, to the creditor. Mm -hmm. And we really and then the creditor could. could you're saying the, the creditor could use that person as a payment as a payment mm -hmm. to anybody that he owed a debt to. Well, the, the creditor was owed the debt by that debtor. Yeah. And if the debtor hadn't paid it, he was the nexus. There was no longer any money involved. Mm -hmm. The nexus changed from the money to the debtor themselves. I see. Wow. After a certain time and frame, that, basically? Uh, yes. And, and uh, um, you'll have to look it up in the Bouvier. So you pay this debt off or you become my slave, basically, is what the, the, and the deal the was. And the nexus concept could be extrapolated that after a certain period of time 
and going before uh, not the senators, but the um, um, not the, the procurator, the procurator, I think one of one of the Roman um, old court noble type below the seat, below the, the senators, but they were not the, the judge. They were like a page or like a pro tempore or something like that. Yeah. You could get a judgment against your debtor where if nobody paid the debt and it was significant enough, you were actually allowed to <clears throat> take the proportion of the um, <clears throat> capias and the debtor that your debt was reflected. Kev, thanks for calling and sharing. Very interesting uh, history there. I appreciate hearing from you. I did find the Wikipedia page for Kang. Yep. yep. And, and it That's just what mentions I was at because here. it restricts a person's movement. This is a they show up. He's got a picture of, of the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it restricts a person's movements, it was common for people wearing Kangs to starve to death as they were unable to feed them. So. Right. It was just long enough to where your hands couldn't reach your, your mouth or whatever. So you had to rely on others well, around you correct. to feed they, you at all. It says they weighed about uh, up to 160 pounds. Whoa. So imagine carrying you know almost another 200-pound person along with you wherever you went. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty crazy. C-A-N-G-U-E. So if you want to comment, uh, you can bring up anything you want. Ricky's on the line uh, calling from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Ricky. Thank you there, Brother Ian, Brother Captain. Peakless Mountaineer, good evening. Good evening. Well, tonight I've been needing to do this one. I will say growing up in northeastern Pennsylvania, I'm about, I was about an hour and a half from New York City, and I heard from little on up a lot about the Donald. That's being Donald J. Trump. And particularly people that work for him doing building projects, and his famous thing is either A, I didn't like it, or B, it didn't good enough to sue me. And then you go out through the years, so on and so forth, there's more of that. But that brings me to modern day, and that's these documents. And uh, I have an interesting observation, but before I go into that, just a quick rehash of what led to the Mar-a-Lago raid. Now, starting from January 20, 2021, he had to leave the White House. Now, in this case, it wasn't some accidental thing by staffers. He told the staffers what to pack. They knew. And he could have declassified them, but he didn't have any interest in that. And there's reason for that. So some bunch of time went on. Eventually, the National Archives said, hey, there's a bunch of this stuff missing. They contacted him. He give him back. He says, no. Okay, fine. They contacted again. He says, no. <laughs> Eventually, it got harder and heavier. There were subpoenas. Finally, they got a court order, you know, and then the, you had the FBI come in. He was told. He was over in Bethminster. Beth they came, uh, and then there was a write-up, said, okay, by the Bob woman who was the lawyer, by Evan Cochran his head lawyer, then they got all the documents. Well, that turned out to be a lie. Well, they came back because they got more. It's, and, and to this day, it went on and on and on. Now, the question is why, first of all, why didn't he declassify them? Well, there's a reason for that. For the same reason he tried so hard to hold on to these. Now, I'm looking at not the crap stuff, but the stuff well, what's the reason? up to Yeah, that's twice you've told us. There's a reason. What is it, Ricky? There's a reason. It's coming. This is it right now. It goes from classified to top secret class to top secret compartmentalized. Those are the touchy ones. Ricky, now, get on with it. Here's the point. He only gives a damn about one thing money now. 
I have no love no, for the He dollar. loves attention. You know what he wants over this? It's called extortion. And that's the scary part because I don't care if you got the Secret Service protecting him. They would have got him. So I'm glad they you put think, him. You think, hold on, let me see if I'm following you. You're saying you think Donald Trump didn't declassify the documents that he's now facing charges over uh, because he wanted to use them to extort people absolutely, for money? Absolutely. Absolutely. And far, because let's face it, top secret compartmentalized. Who's he going to extort? I mean, like, you know, government bureaucrats? Huh? Who is he going to extort? Government bureaucrats? Maybe even beyond that, because when you're dealing He's with got money, though. That's the thing. I, I think, Peekless, you pointed this out before. Trump isn't about money. Yeah. He's got plenty of money. He wants power. He wants attention. Well, no, he's not even about power. And that's really the difference between him and, and you know, your run-of-the-mill run of politician. And, and that's why they hate him so much is because he's not easy to manipulate. Mm -hmm. Now, you can manipulate someone, uh, an ordinary politician, quite easily. You just have to threaten to take dollars. away their power. <laughs> so, like... For any ordinary politician, something like, hey, we will impeach you, you won't be president anymore, that is so scary that they will keep in line because that is such a loss of power. Mm -hmm. With Trump, that doesn't work because power is not what he wants anyway. He wants fame. So you don't buy Ricky's theory then? No, not even remotely. No, uh, and, and that's the thing. He wants fame. He wants to be the most famous person on earth for all time. That is his end game. It would be the greatest, most famous person. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Ricky. And, that, and that's why his, and that's why the manipulations on him don't work very well. Because, mm. well, we'll impeach you. You mean I'll be one of the only presidents ever impeached? Awesome. So did he not declassify the documents just because he's an f up? I, I mean, have no yeah. idea why yeah. he uh, like li uh, last I had heard like these are the same documents right that they oh. that they raided Mar-a-Lago yeah, for supposedly yeah. yeah yeah last I heard like one of his last acts while he was still president was to say I'm declassifying any of the documents that I happen to have on my person hmm. so. And honestly, I think this is all ridiculous. Look, if we trusted this guy with these documents, why is he not allowed to have them now? Like, that that makes absolutely no sense to me. Oh, because he's not the president is what they're saying. Well, that's ridiculous. Okay, so go get the documents back. They did. Okay. <laughs> Problem solved. They want to charge him with uh, felonies over this. Oh, yeah. So if you want to comment, you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. But what you guys predicted in the earlier, show must go on. earlier in the program is that you don't think this is going to go anywhere. You think that these charges are going to either fail in front of a jury mm -hmm. or some other thing is going to oh, happen. It will be a media production mm -hmm. the likes of which we have seen repeatedly. <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah that's probably exactly what will happen is it'll go all the way through the circus cnn to a jury. and fox top stories right all, yeah. the, all oh. the legacy news outlets are going to be running away with this thing all the time both sides are going to think that they're right and it's going to just further divide people you mean a jury selected in florida had at least one partisan uh conservative shocking mm. So, yeah, that's probably what this whole thing is going to do. But it's very distracting and because that's tremendously important. They don't want you paying attention to the bank collapse. They don't want you right. paying attention to the potential of nuclear war. Like these are the things they'd rather you not talk about. So let's talk about uh, transsexuals and uh, Donald Trump. Yep. And, yeah, sounds about right. And it is 
absolutely perfect because it casts him as a criminal in the minds of uh, all of the people who hate him. Who already thought he was a criminal. Mm -hmm. Right. But it gives them extra fuel, extra like, yeah, he did this. Like, there's a reason he went. There's a reason. See, I told you so. Yeah. He's a criminal. See, even the courts say he's a criminal. Yeah. Yeah, It it reinforces that line because that's the thing. When when you don't have Donald Trump for them to hate, they're going to go home and smoke pot. Mm -hmm. They don't care about politics unless it's orange man right orange man gets them out to the polls orange Mm. man gets them motivated unified with each other so that instead of squabbling over well my form of socialism is better than your form of socialism no no no. they're all unified against orange man bad and the people on the right they get unified about see i told you he's a rabble rouser he's a revolutionary he's gonna change everything <laughs> right. the good people in the military and, are gonna arrest hillary clinton any minute yeah, now right. and as i like to call them the pitchfork people and the torch people yeah exactly mm-hmm. that's you know they get unified in their division only right yeah. that's the only place these people become unified together is in their hatred for the other side whatever that is the phones they can't see what's wrong with that and to be fair they're both rather worthy of hate yes indeed uh the a phone over here if you want to join the show it's 603-283-6160 you can bring up absolutely anything you want your comments on any of the things we've discussed or things still to come like the wells fargo cash withdrawal restriction uh, we can talk about that coming up here it is free talk live It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open for you. Should you wish to join us, you can comment on things we've been discussing, or you can bring up anything that's on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live is brought to you this hour by Dash. It's digital cash, a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending, and uh, it is on a big sale. There's There's been a huge drop in cryptos uh, on sale cryptocurrency prices especially the so-called altcoins within the last uh, 24 hours or so dropped like 10 percent so i think dash was down earlier today to like 29 bucks uh, for one dash dash by the way is particularly useful uh, because well it's designed to be used for spending and so you can send a Dash transaction for well under one cent per transaction. Compare that to Bitcoin, where you might be spending $2 uh, to send one transaction, which is ridiculous. And Dash has some really cool features that ensure that it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. It got, from a technical standpoint, it's nailed down. Their transactions are irreversible. The network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology, and there's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete. So it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies available, and it's widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash. You can start by learning more at Dash.org. You can, uh, And by the way, big thanks to the Dash Decentralized Autonomous Organization for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. We're going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. Shauna is on the line listening to KXLY in Spokane, Washington. Go ahead, Shauna. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Go hey, right ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I just don't think that you guys are right when you um, say that Trump is after fame. 
I think you're right when you say he cannot be controlled and he's, he's not a politician. And I think that's why they're afraid of him. He went into politics purely because he saw what was wrong in the world and with our current <laughs> system of things. How, how do you know Yeah, this? I'm sure that he is just an absolutely pure-hearted angel. Why would you say he's not? Well, why? Why? Wow. why would, well, because he's a mass murderer for one. Well, well, hold, hold on. Why, uh, Shauna? Trump's a why? mass murderer? Yeah, why? like yes. every president ever. Yeah. They're all mass murderers. Yeah. Like, do you even know about Yemen? Do you know about the genocide that he contributed to while president? I mean, well, okay, remember, so this is the guy. Me, okay, yeah, your every president has to do things that are not. They don't have to. Easy and make decisions. He doesn't have to. They don't have to. No, he could just withdraw the troops from all over the place if yeah. he wanted to. Oh, just like Biden did. No, no Biden did not do. withdraw troops from anywhere except Afghanistan. None of them do, because this is That's how psychopathy works. This is how psychopathy works. You get some power, and you want more of it. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that Biden I, isn't I a totally monster. Disagree. I'm saying Trump is also a monster. Oh, no. Mm, I'm not, okay, nobody is an angel. Let's like be for real. And being Our president is something no. you step into. What's that? Don't worry about it. Never mind. What were you saying? I said nobody steps into being president and not and not realizing the immense, obviously, power that you're going to have. I mean, that's that's a given with the position. I don't think he steps into that necessarily as his as the driving force behind it. Not at all. I totally disagree with that. What makes you believe that? Like, how do you well, know uh, okay, what Trump's ever, motivation okay, thought- or thoughts are? He said what his motivation was, and there's numerous wow. interviews. Do you remember the interview? Why do you say wow? Like, because you believe you, you someone you say, who wants you to believe. Wow. So, okay, I don't trust anyone who is trying to get my vote just because they say a thing that it is true. I mean, the the the, the fact is, you look at politicians; they lie all the time but, to get elected. So, why would you believe sure, this but guy? He's not a politician. That's yes, the he problem. is. By definition, he's, he's a truly, politician. No, he's not. By definition, if you that's run for why, office, you are a politician. It's because he's not. Madam, if you run for office, people. you are by definition a politician. Now, if you want to say it was his first time or, you know, you want to say he's yeah. never been elected to anything before. He is not your run-of-the-mill, like, you know, been in the Senate. Yeah, he been is a different. Governor, he's, instead of being a power addict, up. he's a fame addict. Yeah. All, all the same things that you're saying, Shauna, were said about another president, Ronald Reagan, who was an actor. Before he was a, yeah, but wasn't not, he the he governor? He was not a politician. Wasn't and he the you California say the same governor? Same thing about him. Do you think he was after fame? Yes, he's an actor. What do you think actors are after? Well, he you know may have been what? after the power is, as well. It's like making movies is what's fame. Like I don't being a president. Like yeah, that did, is the did worst. Did Trump kind not of do fame, television? After did Trump not do television yes, before presidency? Right? Yeah, is if, that not acting? Why didn't he just continue doing that then? Because the he has, wanted more. He, he has fame, spent more time well, on television than anybody. Full stop. The man has spent more you're time fired. on television you're than wrong. anybody. Seriously. I look at how much every, every single news station, every single day, all day, all they would it's, ever talk about for like a year was Trump. They kept talking about it after he uh, was out of office as well. So, yeah. let me ask you this. You say he's a murderer and he's all of these evil, all yes. of these things. 
and let's let's just let's just go with that. Um, in then who would you pick? Who would be? You have to vote. You have to vote for somebody. I don't. Okay. So I don't vote. I don't have to vote for anybody. You know why? I don't need a leader. I'm perfectly capable of of leading myself. Where the hell is everybody going that we need all these leaders for anyway? I'm perfectly capable of representing myself, and I am the captain of myself. I don't need a politician. I I don't need to follow a politician when I can do me by myself. Unfortunately, though, I agree. I 100% like that idea. We're not. We have moral compasses. We know right from wrong. We're probably not going to run out and murder thousands of people or millions of people because Amen we're good, decent humans, right? Well, I'm not sure that well, yeah, people. Totally, uh, hold on, Shauna. I, I think I generally what that. you're saying is is true. Like on on a day to day living basis, most people do know right from wrong. They they are not going to use violence against their neighbor because they can understand they wouldn't want no. their neighbor using violence against them. However, people right. seem to have a disconnect when it comes to the political process and the thing that we call government. They They don't seem to understand that they are ignoring the wrong that this organization known as the state, whether it's the state of Washington or the United States federal government, is constantly committing. And they ignore that these men and women that are seeking these political powerful offices are using violence against them and their neighbors on a regular basis. And oh, they just seem sure. to forgive all of that. They, they believe that the right. next guy uh, yeah. that's you know waving their, uh, in front of them saying, elect me, is going to somehow be different right. than everyone who's come before. And it right. never is true but you know what here's the here's the biggest problem with any of i i i agree with what you say for the most part like i truly do i think our biggest problem is the world economic forum well they are a problem and i mean klaus, there's, klaus there's... schwab that is where if you want i mean if you want to talk about people getting killed and who's behind lots of the shenanigans there He's the one to look at. Sure, the UN, the uh, the World Economic Forum, the IMF. These are terrible uh, organizations that are advocating for greater state involvement in people's lives, more government, more control, more money. But if you agree with what I said earlier, then I presume you would agree that the United States as an organization should not exist. It's run its course. It should be completely abolished. People should secede as quickly as possible. The state of Washington, New Hampshire, wherever it is that people are are listening, should secede from the United States, and we should just call it a day and say this has failed. Wouldn't you agree? Well, I don't know. I mean, how do you – in a perfect world, and that could happen, and everything would be okay. I just – I don't think that – that's a tough one. Mm. Like I like the idea behind that. I totally can. I I I see where you're going. And so I, it could happen. I just don't know how. Right? Like because it has happened before. I mean, there's a well, long history the of secession. The Constitution. Uh, I I I know. There's a portion in there, and I'm gonna mess it up. But it talks about like basically reforming government, like and in, in restructurizing it. The ability to reform or abolish. Yes. So, I mean... I, that's not the Constitution. Uh, happen. I mean... Declaration. Declaration. That's the Declaration you, of Independence. Sorry, well, and that's the thing. Look, oh. if the Declaration of Independence is considered valid, then let's just end this. Like, we don't have to go through a process. We can just stop. 
if we just stop acknowledging this as a legitimate source of authority on the basis of the fact that it continues to murder people for no good reason, for example, then we could just end it. It could be over like that. Right. Just then done. Do like we don't have other, to. Okay, we don't have to wait no, on our senators to tell so us that it's okay that? to be free. Right. Yeah. No. I. I. I am full on board with all of that. One hundred percent. All right. Good. People are right. looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm sitting in a tar- uh, Target parking lot. <laughs> Just pronounce it Target. You'll be okay. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad that we've agreed on so much here tonight, Shauna. Thank you for the call tonight. I yeah, appreciate call. Uh, I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate hearing from call you. Call us again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. It's interesting, you know, bringing up independence as a solution to uh, these problems out there. And, of course, the problems well, are that people are divide, as divided as ever. They're not going to come together on anything ever again. Like, this, this whole experiment is an abject sure. failure at this point. If it did work for a time, great. It ain't working now, and it hasn't worked for generations. And they so. can't come together because no. it, it's, the, the stakes are way too high. The government has so much power that if the other guy gets to force you to live the way that they want you, want you to live, then you... You will never be able to retain your life. Well, and that's the thing that people have to let go of is the desire to try to force the other side back into whatever compliance with, right. you know, whatever that's arbitrary exactly things. So, you have to be able to let that go and say, you know what, you guys can do you. You got you guys in California, you hard left socialists or whatever. You go ahead, have your socialist paradise. You guys down in uh, Texas, you can go ahead and have your right-wing theocracy or whatever it is you're trying to build there. You guys over in New Hampshire, you guys can have your libertarian homeland, and we'll just all do our own thing separately and see what works. Yeah. that's You just have to let it go. Let them do their thing. And Shauna, the caller, had asked... Well, then what's next? Well, what's next, of course, is... That's the that's the question. A, a period of prosperity and <laughs> innovation in humankind, the likes of which we've only seen a few times in history. Unless you're in California and it goes total commie. Okay, but I'm just... Well, no, even... Uh, and mankind so that's the thing. in general, right? If you... It, if they try out their communist plans yeah. and they fall flat on their face, as I believe they will, yeah. then at that point they will be forced to do something else, which will mean – I mean they'll be late to the party, mm. but they will also experience a, a period of innovation and growth, Perhaps. the likes of which humankind has never and, even dreamt. And we have the best evidence – to say that that is what would happen. Yeah. And the best evidence is, is, of course, the history of the United States itself. Right. Before mm. the government uh, ruined currency, before the federal government decided it was going to be the ruler of everybody instead of the other way around where everybody was the ruler of it. Right. What What happened? The United States experienced a period of growth, innovation, and invention, the likes of which humankind had never seen before. Arguably, That's we're still coasting on that. Oh, well, absolutely. I, 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 I would say well that, beyond that. I would say that planet Earth is coasting mm-hmm. on that innovation, on what happened during that period I, of freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, that changed things so dramatically that we are still attempting to adapt to, for example, the general absence of starving to death due to an absence of calories. Yeah. Like, we on Earth haven't fully adapted to that change yet. And that's awesome. And we need to do that again. This time with the internet. We continue here. Uh, caller unscreened. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? I'm Carl. Carl, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? 
Yeah, I reckon I was here on this Twitch app here, and if I stumbled upon your thing, I like that young Neil deGrasse Tyson boy. And, huh? And uh, you just you Steve from Blue's Clues over yonder. Okay, you might be watching a different show than what you're calling in about, but what were you calling about tonight? Yeah, I was calling in about, you know, politics and football. Uh-huh. What about it? Well, well, you got that arch man, and he's going over yonder to where he going. I believe it's Texas. Who? Archman? Yeah, arch, arch Manning. Captain, you pay attention to the football I, scene. I think he's What's talking, he talking about, about Archie Manning, who's, I mean, an ancient relic in the football <laughs> world. So I thought he said Orange yeah, he, Man. He, he, orange Man. Oh, Orange Man. No, Archie Manning is uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's father. They were both quarterbacks uh, recently okay. in the NFL. So we're talking about like decade 30 years so. ago. No, I believe you're wrong, Eric. That's her brother. And um, wait, he had a son. And there's a new Manning coming up in, in college football this year. Uh, we'll there is see a how Manning. he does. So he's yeah. like a junior? There's a junior arch. Uh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, okay. You put you in your place there, Captain. You yeah. Have your you football know, stats. When you're, uh, your trivia. When you're working hard to freedom all the time, you lose track <laughs> of, your, uh, of your sports ball. All right, man. Uh, what's going on down there in Florida? I see you're calling from Florida. Any, any interesting Florida news for us? Man, I reckon there's a lot of math and people doing weird stuff and whatnot. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Kind of, you know, you don't awesome. get that many prospectors that love Twitch. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a good ass, uh, awesome. accent. It was a good accent. It just didn't have much depth. Yeah, to, to yeah. It didn't have a good plan for the call. Like if you like, we've had some really good character callers over the year, yeah. the years. Um, and the best ones are the ones who can improvise real good. I mean, that's it's hard to do that. It is, yeah. Uh, the second best ones are the ones that have a plan when they call up. They, yeah. they got some points yeah. they uh, that they want to make. They got something for the character to say yeah. rather than just kind of, hey, I like football. Yeah, you got to put a little more into it than uh, than that. But I like the voice. The voice is yeah. I is think that's on. what he was trying out. Yeah, yeah. He, it was, he was seeing if that worked. And hey, I was expecting you to bust out an authentic frontier gibberish at any moment. <laughs> and, and you know, if I were like a you know a working stand up comedian, I might do something like call into radio shows to try out my my characters. Right. You know what I mean, yeah. Let's continue here. Uh, we've got. A real prospector, Major Payne, is on the line in Arr. Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Bata. Eating barbecued iguana. I got some Mexican radio. Yeah. They put out a statewide, uh, I don't know, they want to call it a warning or a notice or whatever, but there's. Snakes and iguanas and uh, what are them other damn geckos popping up in people's toilets all over Florida? Mm, that happens. I was wondering really? if you'd been down there raising hell again, Ian, since your last hurricane. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, you, it just happens. Do you sometimes. only get one hurricane named after you? Uh, I think they have a schedule. They rotate the the names. Oh, through. really? So yeah. you'll have another one at some point. Good chance of it. Yeah, huh. at some point. It just probably won't be a big one. I, I have to know. Is there also a hurricane mark? I bet you there has been. Yeah, <laughs> they go through the names. All right. What else, Major? Well, um, just on the Trump thing, the uh, day they announced that they were filing all these charges before they even released 
you know, 37 and what they were and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Two of his lawyers um, reclined or declined. They they abolished themselves from the case. So um, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the, the powers that be are obviously turning up the heat in the boiling pot. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how anybody can't see. They started persecuting Trump when he walked down the staircase in New York, just announcing his presidency. They've been on him like a duck on a June bug ever since, trying to make any damn thing and anything stick. Just throw a turd against the wall, see if uh, it works. I'm sorry, Major, a duck on a June bug? It's a real <laughs> yeah. phrase. That is some great well, English. Well, if you've ever seen uh, a real farm, ducks are the best pesticide you can get. Oh, yeah. 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 You take a flock of ducks and run through your garden, they'll clean out the ladybugs and the potato bugs. And yeah. Hell, the best best alarm you can have on a farm is a uh, a good dog, but more importantly, a goose. Though they have no ears, they can hear every damn thing. Thanks for the and call, Major. I appreciate hearing from you, man. Let's go to the real McCoy. You're on Free Talk Live, calling from somewhere out there. Go ahead. Colorado. Welcome, sir. Uh, How do we know he's uh, really the real McCoy, not just somebody calling and saying he's the real McCoy? Is there a McCoy verification system we can deploy? <laughs> uh, maybe on the blockchain. All right, there you go. There we go. Good All answer. Right. Uh, right. It's the real McCoy. You're um, verified. All right, go ahead. So, so um, just real quick, this wasn't going to be an in-depth call too much. Um, so throughout the week, callers have been questioning what defines the non-aggression principle and what does and doesn't constitute aggression. Yeah, okay. I have, so I have three questions. I have them listed out. Uh, they're mostly rhetorical. Um, if you want to answer just one, that's fine. Um, but the first one is, why does the statement non-aggression principle cause so much confusion with people? Two, why does Arya argue, and I know this is a gross generaliz- generalization of her argument, but why can't definitions in the dictionary be used when arguing for or, ag- or against positions an individual holds, if that makes sense? Three, is it not best to consult a dictionary so the parties involved that are arguing have a standard of cohesion when it comes to meaning and understanding of one another? To take the third question last, having not heard the discussion to which you're referring to between Arya and the other co-hosts on, I think, Wednesday night, on uh, yeah. that show, that I would say, yeah, I mean, you have to be able to agree on a definition of a word before you can have any kind of meaningful discussion about it. Mm-hmm. If you can't come to an agreement on that, then you might as well not bother trying to go any further. And, and whether you want to use a dictionary for that or come up with your own house definition, right. I was just going to say, within that, it's between the two parties who are trying to have the communication. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who need to agree on the definition. So is a dictionary a good tool? I believe it is. I use it all the time. Uh, when I don't, they don't know have a word, the same definition. They, they don't, Indeed. no. But when, when I learn of a new word, I will go look it up. I will look at several different uh, dictionary mm-hmm. entries just to make sure mm-hmm. I've you know explored all the different possible definitions, or at least the ones that are at my fingertips on the magic rectangle. Yeah. Uh, but it is important. But it's, it's not important for... Uh, the dictionary to be like the be-all, end-all yeah. reference of the definition. It's mm-hmm. a tool, not an authority. So, for example, mm. uh, Merriam-Webster altered the definition of the word literally to include oh. as if literally, 
which to my mind completely negates the whole value of the word. Like if literally does not mean literally, then it means nothing at all. We don't have any other word that means that. It's the only word. And no matter how many times people misuse the word literally, it still means what it means. Didn't they also change a bunch of words during COVID as well? Oh, yeah. And Merriam-Webster. And they keep doing it over, over time as well. Governments will do it. So this is some straight-up 1984 nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like uh, 1984, they also touched on it in uh, The Giver, but this idea of having a a grand unified dictionary of the authority says this is what these words mean, and they can pare it down and pare it down so that certain ideas become no longer possible to discuss mm, you can't express them yeah and and that's very true and so like to touch on his uh, his first question of like what what's what's so hard about non-aggression principle well because people are not used to thinking that thought no it's it true. is a foreign yeah. thought even even as uh i'm a relative newcomer to the idea at least here in the studio mm-hmm. um i think i get it but when you begin to think about your actions and your daily life and how you live it and where where is aggression, right? When you begin to think about it, you don't see it all right away. It takes a while mm-hmm. you know, for you to, to be thinking in the mindset of where is the aggression? How do I not commit aggression in these situations? Because I guarantee you, if you're not thinking about this already, you are committing aggression in some instances in your life. Right. And even to that extent, I'm human, so I'm fallible and I'm going to probably commit some aggression at some point in my life. Right. Maybe even unbeknownst to me, but it it is difficult and it is a a road to travel to get to a point where you can live the non-aggression principle. It is it is a a journey, not a destination. Yeah, And I I would personally love to take a crack at the question that usually comes up by that one caller about, well, you can't uh, you can't raise children without violating the non-aggression principle. I'd love to take a crack at that. one. Okay, we can talk about it. Real McCoy, if you have more to say, hang on, we'll uh, continue give you a, a response here. In hour number three, which is on the way, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join the show and you can also bring up anything that you want to discuss with us here on the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. We got more coming up. Free Talk Live. Join the show here. Phones are open. We're kicking off the third hour. And, of course, we'll talk to you about whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Getting a fair number of radio listeners calling in tonight, which I'm always happy about. Uh, So we will get back to the phone calls and your thoughts here in moments. Here with you, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. Just a moment ago, we had a gentleman on the line. He did drop off the line shortly after uh, that segment, so I guess he had said his piece or asked his questions, and he wanted to move on. But, uh, but Peakless, you had something you wanted to address in regards to one of the questions, which was about the idea of the non-aggression principle. For listeners that aren't familiar, that's sort of the bedrock principle of libertarianism, the idea that it's you know, not okay to use uh, the threat of violence or actual violence against our neighbors 
in order to get them to behave in a certain way, essentially. Right, right. And so you were going to say you wanted to address the question of the non-aggression principle in regards to raising children, right. as there was a previous discussion about this. Yeah, and and this comes up very frequently, honestly, about like, well, wait a second, you know, when you're raising a kid, you have to make choices for them, and you, you know, it, by all appearances, like, you have to treat them in a way that it would not be okay for you to cheat to treat an adult Mm -hmm. so like well that child wanted to cross the street right then but you grabbed them out of the street because you didn't feel that it was safe for them to cross at that point right if now if you treated an adult like that that would be weird at the very least and kind of uh, and potentially aggressive so here's the thing about just broad stroke here's how the whole thing works with raising children they are in trust to you so there's this thing called a trust where like I can I can give you a piece of my property and you have to act on my behalf mm-hmm. with that property. Now you can't take that it would be a violation of the trust if you went, "Oh, well you've given me $100. Well, I'm going to go spend that at the tracks on my Woo-hoo! own gambling or I'm going to go uh you know, buy some gold with it and put it in my safe or mm-hmm. you know, all these things. You have to act for my benefit and not for your own. So children, their entire lives, like everything that they are, their bodies, their any property that they earn, during that period of time, they are entrusted to uh, what we call the, the parent or guardian, but really it's the trustee. So during this period of time, because it, it's, it, it's just a thing that happens, you are born stupid. You do not know how this world works. You are incapable of all the things. And dependent on your mother. Exactly. Mm -hmm. For food and, you know, nourishment and care and shelter, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And your father, too. too, Now, that that stupidity goes away over time. And it's very similar to the idea of, like, if someone is drunk and you are their friend, you might really want to look out for them. And you might keep them from doing stupid things because you know them and you're going to act in their best interest. And when they are sober, you expect them to be glad that yeah, you kept gonna, them from doing these stupid you're things. You're going to hold their hair while they worship the porcelain god? Right. Right. Yeah. Now, we are all we all come into this world with approximately zero capabilities. We can eat and poop and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And scream. That's that's really all we can do. About the same way we go yeah. out. Yeah. Now, over time, we gain the ability to make uh, informed and complete decisions. Now, yeah, these uh, th- this is biology, so there's not a nice cut and dry. It is precisely 18 in which you are definitely capable of doing all the things, no matter who you are. But we we do our best to figure this out. And we know that it happens at some point that you become a full adult. And that's an unfortunate fact of our culture is that we don't actually have that like, hey, you are now a complete adult. Well, we don't really have a a cultural uh, barometer for that because the only barometer we have is the legal barometer. Right. Which makes absolutely no sense. Right. So if somebody is far advanced in their thought process and their maturity at age, oh, I don't know, 17, for example, but somebody who's 29 is still, they don't quite get how to take care of themselves. There's no cultural phenomenon to account for these things. And I think there's a very easy way to do that, and it's just when they can fend for themselves. Let's go to the phones here. I got Joy on the line. She's listening also in Spokane to uh, KXLY. Hello, Joy. I jumped. Hi there. Hey, Joy. Spokane. Spokane. Sorry about that. Yeah, way to go, Ian. Your non-regional dialect is showing. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's Gonzaga, not Gonzaga. But anyway. <laughs> I, I know these things because I lived in Washington State for a while, but no one else knows these things. I've never gone, Zaga. <laughs> anyway, What's on your mind, Joy? Um, you know, I'm, I'm a, I guess, too black and white type of person, but I just don't understand how you're um, – the world that you describe or allude to works in our world right now with 360 million people in our country and such close, I mean, the world is so close with technology and everything else. Um, how does what you talk about, how can it be implemented? So just to clarify, life? what we talk about is already implemented in day-to-day life, right? So when you go around in your life and you go shopping or you go to work or you go see some friends or whatever it is that you, you know, you're know you going to do, you don't put a gun up against somebody's head and tell them what to do, right? Voluntarism is everywhere. You, you interact with people on a voluntary basis, on a consensual basis. Somebody wants to sell you something, you understand that you have to pay for it. You're willing to do these things. You uh, you don't go around attacking your friends to get them to do the things that you want them to do. You don't threaten them uh, to come see you know see a movie with you or go play golf or whatever it is that uh, that you want to do. So most people, the super majority of them, already get along on a voluntary consensual basis. There are only certain psychopaths and sociopaths out there who think it's okay to use violence to get their way. And there are some of these people who are just your average thug. And you can use a gun and defend yourself against that person, and no one will, you know, will blink at that. They'll say, good for you, you know, most places, you know, good for you defending yourself. But the psychopaths who get into political office, on the other hand, everybody thinks they got some sort of, you know, their S doesn't stink, and they can totally tell everybody what to do, and we have to obey them because they got a bunch of other psychos with guns and cells who will throw you in there if you don't do what they say. And that's all we're really trying to change here, Joy, is we're trying to uh, disempower those psychopaths, and so people can keep having the good life's uh, the good life and, that we already have. And just to sort of uh, to speak to the like, well, there's 320 million of us now. There's so many. We've got to have this complex system to to manage all these people. Well, so now you can buy a pair of sneakers that were made in China. And the people that made those sneakers live to completely different standards of behavior than you would expect. Like the, what you expect of your neighbors is not what they expect where those sneakers were made. But that doesn't change the fact that I can just pay to have those made, and now I've got a pair of sneakers at a good price. Now, in the same way, we want a place where we will live our way, and we can still interact with everyone, even though their standards of living are different from our standards of living. Well, I think, see, I have the trouble with whatever mechanism it is, if it's the economic um, system or whatever systems there are, there are people who are going to continually get hurt. And I don't, unfortunately, I I like to believe that there's ultimate goodness in people. I, I do. don't come from, yeah, we're do. all sinners. But when people start getting resources and power, and it doesn't have to be political, others get hurt. So that's why you, and 
whether or not it's a governmental answer, it doesn't have to be. But, I mean, that's why initially I worked for the EPA. Yeah. People went there, and this was in the 1970s, we were there because rivers were starting on fire in the United States. And so there was an intent to try to not have that happen. Um, you know, that it's, there's still so many systems in place, and they're not just political. They're also corporate, so many systems in place that are keeping minorities down. And and so that's where I... Well, hold on, hold on. Just to, I don't see to a address your... world where the, the free market system doesn't, in my mind, doesn't work, that, that people stronger and more powerful people which tends to be white males are going to keep other people well, down let me and- uh, let me address something for for you joy um having uh, a lack of uh, an institution where psychopaths gather to do violence to the rest of us doesn't necessarily mean that the rest of humanity is going to behave themselves and you know everything's going to be all flowers and utopia that's not that's not what we're after, and that's not the picture we're painting. What we are saying, though, is let's look at who the number one biggest offender of human atrocities is in all of Earth's history. And that is the organization calling themselves government, an institution. Now, all we're saying is let's do away with that institution in the same way we did away with slavery. Right. When we did away with slavery, no one knew that, oh, who's going to pick the cotton? Right. No one knew that it would be, you know, juice from the ground, refined and put into machines that, you know, churn, you know, that emit fire and smoke and, you know, churn the fields to pick the cotton. No one knew that at the time. All people knew was slavery is wrong. And what we're saying is having an institution of violence known as government is just as wrong as having overt slavery, and we should do away with that institution immediately. Well, the problem is, is I think that we would recreate it. I mean, one of your comments was, I think it's that's what's human nature, is that they then want to organize, and then people want to get into power. Um, so, well, hold on, hold on what, just a second. So, so... If you like, like, let's assume that you're right. Let's assume that you are correct. Abs- like we have a crystal ball. We're sure that we will end up right in this statist mess that we're in right now. At least, at least we will have a period of time where we are not in this statist mess. We will at least have that period of time. And and frankly, that is the worst case scenario is to end right back in in a position where we have the institution known as government. Well, first of all, I want to I just want to address what you said there, Joy, before you go on uh, about this idea. If you were to press a button, the magic button and make the government disappear tomorrow, then yes, people would immediately begin rebuilding towards that because that's what people currently believe in. That's the that's the paradigm that people are living underneath. In order to get to what we're talking about, a, a world without institutionalized violence, a world without a monopoly on violence, as Barack Obama described it correctly, then we have to have uh, a shift. We have to have a paradigm shift. We have to have a renaissance in the way that people think about these things. And if we can accomplish that, or when we can accomplish that, then the people who have had that shift will not go back in the same way that we're not going back to slavery. 
right? There's there's not much of a clamoring for that these days. Go ahead. Yeah, but there's other types of slavery. So there are. You know, it it changes, and so like taxes, um, and like it's for, much less bad. Like for example, um, and my, I mean, the words you say sound good. There's a lot of areas that I'm diametrically opposed to what you say, and so it's kind of like, well, how do we reach a point to like I think guns need to be controlled. And as uh, you know, I think I've had a conversation before with you that by people like, with guns. No, I just I because who's don't controlling want... them? Like this, the, it's what, turtles I, all the way down. Like oh well, we need we you, need the guns but, controlled. But I, I'm, well, who's going to control but, the people controlling the guns? But I just well, I would say see I and I, so far those are the biggest murderers. So. Absolutely. I don't want my great nephews and great nieces to be scared to go to school. And so there's things Well, it that, sounds like you should take them and, out of public school then. No, I I fully support public school and but my, That's where all the murders are happening. Many but many people in my Yeah, but it's but it's, anyway. And also, I mean the, have, the, the statistics show pretty clearly you don't get I'm a very trying, good education there. But what I'm saying Hey, you know, um, people in my family have done quite well, and they've all gone to public schools. But well, then, that's, a lot then they did in the so family. in spite of their education. Oh, I don't think so. But anyway, I'm just saying, like, today I marched in a pride parade. And Spokane, it was, it was amazing. We had, we, and I marched with my church. Mm-hmm. And so I think, again, even church as an institution is, can in impose a lot of harm but especially when they have free reign to cause violence without any repercussion right but so i think it's within it's with individuals to then counter that like there's hundreds of bills being proposed that are anti-lgbtq that are just i think the source of them is a lot of hate so and wouldn't it be great people... if we could take away the ability to enforce those hateful bills? Right. Those men but and I... women who want to use that hate that you're talking about, they want to use violence to stop people from being gay in public or from being trans or from doing a drag show or whatever. They want to use violence, right. guns, the guns of government uh, to stop those things from happening. And we're saying those people shouldn't have that power and neither should your people either. There should be no power like that where you get to use violence to force your neighbors to do what you want them to. Yeah, well, and I agree, but I just I think that people tend to form and it starts with PTA and everything else. And so I guess from, from my, yeah, we're, we're not trying to say it, that there shouldn't be groups of people like nothing of the right. sort. No, there should absolutely be groups of people. Human is a social animal. We're just saying that none of those groups should be allowed to use violence and threats without, uh, without that at least being something that people aren't okay with. Well, and so I guess that's where I, I'm not quite sure how I fully understand all of that, but I think that there's still a role for government that, that we need to change what government looks like. What, so is it, what should it look like to you? It, you know, 
I find it much easier to understand on the local level than I do at higher levels. But in work that I've done, um, like through faith-based faith -based community organizing, I did that in Palo Alto, California, we were able to work with the county commission. We were able to work with the city council. And we did it not with violence, but we did it by bringing people who don't usually have power to the table to have power. Mm. And the thing and is, what so, you're not doing is you're not seeing the violence inherent in the system. So whenever you talk about the I city, just had such, you know, I've had wonderful 67 years on Earth. And so I probably haven't encountered the things that you've encountered. Well, and I've well, been very on. lucky. So and a city I, council. Now, they have the power to tax people in that city, right? Yeah. And if people don't want to pay that tax, then they go to jail. And for me... They'll probably have their house I stolen see. from them. Yeah, like maybe they'll have their house stolen from them. But like it, it, these are all threats. That's, that's the I thing that you're not grappling that. with, is that the city no. council only has power because of force. But, but I can vote on that. No, and you so can't. if we have levies or if we have other things, we can vote no, on that. No, you really can't. There's not um, going to be a vote to abolish the property tax anytime soon because that's part and parcel of how the system works. But we don't have a state tax in Washington, well, okay. and that's through voting. When you, know, when you that vote, not though, there. Joy, when you vote, what you're doing is you're saying, I want to force my preference onto these other people over here. And that is always wrong. It's always wrong to force your preference onto other people. It's fine for you to have your own preferences. You get to choose those. What's not right is for you to force your preferences on anyone else. Well, see, I find that there's a stronger role for community. And I think that it's not that one community forces itself, but I think that we have to think of each other when we do make our decisions on how we're going to live our that lives. That sounds really great. Yeah, and, no, that's great. I don't think you should confuse a community, which is a voluntary association of people, uh, with a government, which is an involuntary association. So if you want to go and raise money to help somebody, I think that's absolutely fantastic, mm -hmm. whether it be as helping the poor or helping uh, the sick or the elderly or, you know, kids or whatever it is, you know, need, whoever needs help. That's absolutely great. Fundraise that. Do it through a church, a church do yeah. it through, uh, you know, the, uh, the Shriners or whoever it is that's, yeah. that's out there raising money and doing good acts. That's what should be happening. The wrong way to go about helping, quote unquote, is to go to the government and demand that they do a thing, which would, of course, then mean See, they have to I tax do, again, people. I don't I don't think that like I think if you look at the NIH or if you look at some of these other organizations, I don't think a lot could have been achieved in our country without some of this government infrastructure okay and, well that's because you're and, not looking and, at the alternative so if you look at all the places where there's less violence you see more innovation so for example like they're starting to finally put the screws to it these days but in technology in the internet like there was immense uh, uh productivity and innovation because there was very very little regulation in these areas and if well, you look but at, there was money. There was money yeah, coming from the government. Heck yeah, there was. So yeah, so so again. Yeah, there's got to be money. But what I'm so what I'm saying is that I think that that there can be 
I feel like that the government can pay, pay play a needed and positive role because people well, don't. Well, let me run. Let me run an idea past you. Interest ends up with with um, immigrant farm workers being starved and drinking polluted water, or you know, there's just things that people okay. won't so, necessarily do. Under so just their to touch, uh, this is twice you've mentioned the the environmental thing, and the environmental thing is a problem of government. Now, our particular court system, we ended up inheriting the British tradition where uh, environmental uh, damage to people was acceptable, and you just couldn't effectively sue for it. That's why the rivers lit on fire. But let me run an idea past you just real quick. So, okay, think about this uh, this uh, city council, right? And now they've they've got, you know, some ability to do some things. Now, imagine what if all of the money that they had came not because they threatened people, but because we gathered together and voluntarily handed them some money to do uh, projects that would be good for our community. But that, see, it, it, it only goes so far. So I've, I'm a grant writer for You really don't believe that people are good then? Because no, look, these are, people wouldn't have but, this money if they hadn't promised us that that's what they'd do with it. I know, but even when I'm working with these nonprofits, if there wasn't a source, oftentimes, of some governmental funding, the nonprofits would they'd fade away. That well, if they can't get people to fund them on their own volition, then maybe they shouldn't exist. Uh, thank Good you for the ideas call. do not require force. Yeah, thank you for the call tonight, Joy. I definitely appreciate your struggling and you're trying to have this conversation. I wish we could keep going. Please we call got, again. We got other people that uh, are on the line here. So yeah, call again another time. More coming up. Or else. get in tonight we still have another half hour of the radio show here but there's a whole other show that's going to be coming up a little bit later on tonight about an hour from now are you talking about a shirt that has some sort of a logo that they've made and perhaps have have some sort of merchandise apparel beard talk live you mean weren't you wearing that shirt earlier tonight oh you still are okay wait he's, hold on he's stripping hold here on. in the studio play the strip music what is it yeah there it is all right beard talk live comes up later tonight that's uh, 10 30 eastern time so a half hour after we wrap up the radio show we go online only no fcc to get in the way no that's commercial right. breaks to get in the way fcc you know. it we'll do it live yeah i think you guys take a smoke break at some point we, uh, do. we only during, take one break during the program yeah. but that's like an hour into it at least maybe an hour and a half usually about halfway yeah so yep. uh that comes up later tonight you can only see it on our video streaming platform so check out video or sorry watch.freetalklive.com we'll take you right to the uh, the the stream page on Odyssey. So just be there at 10.30 Eastern, and you guys will kick off Beard Talk Live at that time. Are you coming up on 50-some uh, episodes? Where, oh, are you, we're coming up where on you 50. At, uh, we're at 43, I think. Yeah. I feel like yeah. you're higher. Like higher than that. Is it 43? Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure uh, last episode was the answer to life, the universe, and everything. All right. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we're going to go back to your calls and thoughts. There was one other thought I had. Uh, we had Joy on the line a moment ago, and an interesting conversation. Oh, yeah. It took up a, a whole segment um, about the government and, and her kind of— it was a good call. She was, yeah, very interesting, very uh, she open-minded. Was yeah, 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 willing to consider different viewpoints. 
And it's hard after 67 years to, you know, consider the potential that you might have this all wrong. This yeah. being beliefs about government and how society could be organized without the use of organized violence, which is, of course, what uh, ultimately the, the government as we know it is. Yeah, and that thought sure shakes the foundations of your whole worldview. No doubt. And she mentioned this idea that I think a lot of people believe, but I don't think there's really any evidence for it, that those who are in the government are somehow not self-interested. Right. And I think we've seen plenty of evidence that they are absolutely self-interested. We were just talking about the president uh, apparently taking a $5 million bribe with his son earlier tonight. And, of course, you know, Trump's in it for his his self-interest and all the local politicians are in it for their self-interest, which Mm -hmm. may be helping their own business, punishing the uh, the businesses that are competing with them or whatever it is that they're into this for might be just aggrandizing power to them or their family name or whatever. If they're pretending that they have no self-interest, you know you're being lied to. Right. So anyway, that's just one other thing. Let's go to your phone calls and thoughts here. Uh, we have Barrett on the line calling from Idaho. Barrett, are you listening on the radio out there? Uh, no, I turned the radio off because usually it's – I'm listening through the phone. You had the phone on. I was listening to the radio, but okay, um, I know it's an interference, so – No, thanks. I, I just, I'd... just wondering if you were on the radio initially. All right, so what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I know it was a delayed feedback time and stuff like that, so I usually t- I turn that off. So Yeah, no, you gotta, you got to turn it off when you're on hold. I just wanted to make sure you were a radio listener. Anyway, what's on your mind? Yeah, I am a radio listener. Um this is the first time listening, actually, and thank you for do- taking my call. Right, um, I heard the comment, and to comment on your last thing you said, um, actually, history has repeated itself from the beginning of time, and um, here, here. I know it's going to be uncomfortable about further history, but you have to have documentation. You know, it's like you were talking about the dictionary. You have a way of a standard to go to to look at what history was. You know, they've got to have it written down. Um, 1984, they started destroying books and destroying, you know, the book 1984, 1948, which um, actually happened, uh, Czechoslovakia, um, it talked about. Um, But you look at, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on that aspect of that stuff, but people can do their homework on that. Um, But uh, he was a former CIA operative that knew what was coming down, um, Mm -hmm. and that was turned into communism. Um, Some people want the communism in this country. Um, I'll touch on that in a second, but, um, basically that actually comes into, um, if you look at, uh, documentation of, you said a dictionary, well, I have a, uh, history book that I use that is a foundational history book from the beginning of time. And it's called the Bible, B-I, basic instruction for before leaving earth, uh, B-I-B-L-E. Um, <laughs> I've never heard and, Bible as an acronym before. That's <laughs> awesome. Did you know that buffet yeah, well, is also an acronym? What's that one? Big, what? ugly, fat effers eating together. <laughs> yeah, big, Not ugly, bad. big, ugly, what? Fat, no, fat effers. I can't say the can't word say on the radio. radio. I can't say radio, the other yeah. F word. Yeah. Oh, I got, you. I got you. Let me turn up my radio a little bit. I, okay. Uh, I thought you already turned the radio have, off. Oh, phone up a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm just singing on the phone. So um, what's the point? Are you? I, I mean, you so, seem a little scattered here, Barrett. Are you driving it like uh, one point in particular? Yeah, let me get to the point. Um. You were talking about the the history of time, like as far as somebody was talking about the history of time. And the point is, as far as the government, as far as the structure of government, um, we've, we've always want, um, we've searched for a king. And that has been coming 
Um, that has been from the book of Samuel, and people can read the book of Samuel. First Samuel chapter 8, um, you read that, and um, you were talking about um, Joe Biden's sons. Well, that actually happened with Samuel's sons. Um, they were judges, and right out of the NASB, his sons, however, did not walk in the ways, but turned aside in dishonest gain and took bribes. And so wait a minute, are you telling me that politicians and their families have been corrupt since biblical times? I am shocked, shocked right. to find Correct. this out. Correct. Wait, are you also telling me that well, even, that even, it was the church itself who wanted to control uh, well, people and put things in their own books, their own literature that would aid them in controlling people and spawning the organization we know as government today? Oh, that doesn't help you control people. No, no, no. Uh, quite the opposite. Like this actually threatening warned... people with burning in hell if you don't do as the good book says. Yeah, that's not controlling people. Yeah, that's not actually in there. But you're talking uh, a completely different book now. Um, but anyway, no. Uh, so there's there's Do- actually dogmatic a part in religions there. all function in basically the same way. It's fear driven, just like politics. Just like uh, that's why I continue to refer to government as a religion. Because government does the exact same thing. They have all the ritual, all the pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. that, that religions do. They have their prophets. They have their deities. They have the throne, the king that this uh, our caller is referring to that mm-hmm. people seek out. They have all of that. And it, it's time for people to do away with all of that. Well, right? yeah, you can have nice. your religion. You can be as religious as you want to be. You can have your organizations and all that stuff. Just stop controlling people. That's yeah, all. Sure. Well, So here's the thing, though. When there's something that comes along that actually has the power to make people more free, which most christians i'll grant you don't even remember that that was the point and that's actually how you're supposed to identify yahweh is because he brings you out of the house of bondage right but when they when they find something that could actually help you become more free the first thing they want to do is own it and control it so like uh gary gensler just said this thing about like we don't need digital currency because we already have it it's the the dollar it's the yen and see, here's this thing that's making people free, that has the potential to make them completely free. And the first thing they want to do is make sure that they control it. So like, no, no, you can own Bitcoin, but only if you do it through the NASDAQ so that they, so that the corporation or the bank actually does the owning part of it. Yeah. But you get to have an account with them. So anyway, and that's and that's what happened I, with religion. I, I interrupted they, they the, wanted the to dominate point, and control so I apologize. it. Barrett, any thoughts? Go ahead. Yeah, um, I, 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 I appreciate your feedback on that. Um, there's two people there. I'm there's wondering, uh, you know, who's the who, – uh, usually there's a lead person and a, and a person that's the um, – the first person I talk to and then, then the second person. Um, that's the only way I can – yeah, it's okay. You're new to the show. Sorry There's actually that, three people on the air here tonight. Usually we have three hosts, and I'd like to invite you to call in again at another time. Thank you, Barrett, for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, we are here seven nights a week. We do this thing live from, I think he's on the West Coast, so 4 to 7 Pacific and East time, uh, Eastern time, 7 to 10 at night Eastern. So, you know, if you feel like you got more to say, you know how you can reach us. Let's go to the phones here. We've got uh, Chad is on the line here. Chad, you're on Free Talk Live in, I think, Michigan? Yep, I'm in Michigan. How's Welcome, it going? Sir. Welcome. You're on the air. Yeah, I just, uh, the conversation with Joy was pretty interesting. Mm. I think uh, this is why voluntarism and secession are really such important concepts, because voluntarism, you could have any government you want under voluntarism, really. I mean, 
it's just a matter of whether or not you're voluntarily associated into it. And what she was saying about local government being something she wants to work with, as a voluntarist, I have no problem with that. You know, if you, that, that's the thing is, is that with voluntarism, you could have a whole menu of government. Yeah, hey, I and want to have the, the roads cleared, okay? I, I want to have uh, the snow cleared from the roads during the wintertime up here. I'm sure you guys want that in Michigan as well. And I'm willing to pay for that service, yep. right? And yep. to a lesser extent, fire protection, I'm okay with that, right? Like, there's a few things uh, that the more local governments have monopolized over the years that could absolutely be done in a market Wait, environment. are you saying that everything governments do is either a product or a service and that in the absence of government, those products and services, as long as they have value to people would be provided in another continue. way. I wouldn't say everything they do because stealing would be the, if the other if thing it had value, do. right? And, but also well, at a lower cost. Well, hold on. Let's, let's examine the claim here. So what about uh, the service of uh, putting you in jail? If you steal, is that something you well, want? That, no, no, no. I'd rather see restitution than, uh, than jail time for, for most things. With well, a victim. Well, that sounds like you wouldn't want a government then. No, I definitely wouldn't. And the, and sure, there's plenty of people who would. And you know what? More power to you. Just don't try and bring that on me. Go ahead, Chad. All I'm trying to say is that it really doesn't matter. I mean, what, what you're saying, I, I agree with, because if I were to have my own kind of government that I would want, it would be similar to what you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. But other people aren't there yet. They don't okay. trust it, whatever. That's fine, because if they want to have their form of government and see if it works, let them. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why secession is so important, because what we need now is not even maybe just state secession, even municipal secession or making new municipalities that actually have power. And you just don't need the state and federal. They really don't do anything but interfere. I mean, if you own a mm -hmm. business, you only really deal with county and, and city governments anyway. Yeah. And if you want to have even a fascist government i don't really care i just don't want to live there yeah right. I, hear you, I hear you how's it going there in michigan with the secession movement do you guys even have one <laughs> michigan uh there actually is a up secession movement right. um yeah. but uh i i don't live in the up but, and uh, uh there's no there's no definitely no uh substantial one here uh have you thought but, about uh, moving to new hampshire Oh yes, <laughs> big time. I've uh, I've been to New Hampshire quite a few times. I was oh, intending on moving, uh, but I had a uh, daughter. Uh, she's a year old now, and oh, it would be basically her mom was not going to move. So oh, I, would, I don't know what I could do. But right, we'll I'll, see I'll you be in twenty years. <laughs> well, maybe not. Actually, I wouldn't. I, what I would like to do is get some property out there at least, and. Uh, possibly stay part of the year but i mean yeah with a kid it's are you still my, together yeah. with the uh, with the mom or are you guys divorced or whatever well we were never really it was kind of i knocked her up mm -hmm. uh like right mm -hmm. when i met her so uh i mean you're as married as you ever were situation uh, that's really fast you did it yeah. right when you met her <laughs> hi how's it oh. <laughs> oops well pretty close to it <laughs> all right but, chad well uh, hey no, good great good luck yeah. out there man and uh hopefully you can get her to come to new hampshire and like check out the porcupine freedom like see if you can drag her to the porcupine freedom festival here in a couple weeks or next year whenever you get get her to you know convince oh. her and see uh see what she thinks about that because actually i think it's warmer here than it is in michigan isn't it yeah mm -hmm. yeah probably is uh it depends yeah. uh, up north up near rogers it's not but oh, yeah, yeah i'll be at pork fest so uh oh, I don't know, hopefully 
Uh, stop by and uh, say hello at the uh, Free Talk Live tent to whoever it is that happens to be around. Probably won't be me because the uh, feds don't want me to go. But uh, thanks for the right. call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's continue here. We've got uh, this caller uh, on screen. You're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, I'm Andrew from Andrew. Tennessee. Andrew, you're on the and air. I, What's on your mind? I just had a thought about um, the caller earlier. Uh, she kept bringing up the EPA yeah. and all that stuff. And I, I, I had a thought that would the non-aggression principle, wouldn't it um, alleviate some of these environmental problems? Because I'm under the impression with the non-aggression principle that if um, if you're if somebody's attacking your property or your person, then you can defend yourself. And so mm-hmm. I would assume if somebody's polluting the environment so much that it's coming downstream and polluting mm-hmm. My water supply, I would consider that an act of aggression. Yes, yeah. It's because it like is. I would have a right to. Am I thinking about that right? Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and yeah you would have a tort. Yeah, that's, that that's the part people don't think about is that the, the fact that you are not allowed to do anything to the people who are poisoning you is because of government. They're protecting them. Right. Like, uh, and, BP. and the government is actually the ones causing a lot of the problems sure. that are causing these big companies to, yeah. they're allowing them mm-hmm. to dump millions of gallons of waste into a river system and pollute the population but you have no recourse against them and so i think where that caller is confused is she's not understanding where the government comes in and they're actually causing these problems yes that the non-aggression principle would actually alleviate yes they're protecting a lot of the corporate polluters and don't forget the military is actually the biggest polluter come i think more than on the the face of the earth yeah Yeah, they're doing that around the world so we don't worry about that right but but that's not in my backyard like (laughs) right it it takes a while though for people to begin to see the force and I don't mean this in like Star Wars, the force, right? <laughs> begin to see the coercion yeah. in their everyday situations. And like sometimes I don't even see it. And I hang around with people like this to say, oh, no, it's, it's this and that. So you know how this works. Yeah, OK, well, it's just like that. And people will explain it to you. And that's why we're here doing this radio show is to explain it to other people, because it takes a while for you to really latch on to it and be able to find the coercion in these situations. But once you do. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, my God, it's everywhere. Yeah. Well, and see, I've seen it for years. I've, I mean, I feel like I've seen it more of my life than less of my life. Yeah. And I, that, that's why I get kind of ostracized because people are like, oh, you're just complaining. You're just a – I'm like, no, I'm trying to be positive because I want you to see the reality so you can actually react in the appropriate way, you know, instead of being being like I – ca- I call it being a – uh, uh, being an ostrich, you know, you just putting your head in your yeah. in the sand and yeah, no, you know, ostriching your way through life. Yeah, you know, no, and, no one ever told the doctor that told them about their cancer. You're just being negative, and right. that's exactly what we're trying to do. Is like, hey, we're sick. Here's the here's the cause. Here's the symptoms. Here's the exact kind of illness that we have. Here's, here's how we can cure yeah. it completely. Well, you're just being so, negative. And, Anyways, I just had that epiphany, like when she was talking, and I was thinking, I was like, yeah, "Well, you know, insight. the non-aggression principle, one hundred percent that 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 sol- that solves it. That's property rights, right there. You don't, property you don't rights. Need- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hadn't even and thought you, about you that side of it. What she's, what she's talking about is creating the problem instead of finding solutions. And I was like, man, that's the solution right there. Yeah. So you nailed anyways, it, dude. Thanks. Thanks. 
Thanks for the call, man. I'm going to listen to Beer Talk later. All right, very cool. Thanks for the call. This is what I refer to to as the fog of statism. Mm -hmm. Right, I was in it for the longest time. took me 38-ish years to begin to just even consider, like, Oh, oh, is government evil? Is, and oh, it is. So, oh, and does it, it only has one tool and that's violence and coercion and that's all it ever, oh, it really does. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be open-minded enough to consider it, to consider and ask yourself, is this true? Look at it objectively. Is this true? Then follow the evidence. If you follow the evidence, it becomes insanely clear. Mm-hmm. Like the evidence is overwhelming once you start to look at it, but it takes a while to come out of that fog of statism. Right. It's like putting on the uh, glasses and they live. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what it's like. Yeah, It's a shock yeah. to the system. Yeah, mm-hmm. Or the right. beer goggles. Yeah, and all of a sudden, everything's <laughs> black and white, and you can see what the messages are really about. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, Skeeter is on the line in California. Skeeter, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, I'm the guy who keeps calling about, you know, challenging the NAP. Who, uh, the non-aggression the, principle. You know, the, yeah, the non-aggression okay. principle, okay. which is just a prototype, right? <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, you know, I, I bring up these scenarios about kids. You know, that's the guy, uh, the bearded guy talking about, like his his explanation, his kind of. There's more than one bearded guy in the studio, by the way. Yeah, but yeah, you you heard uh, the one he uh, talked about. You know, he tried to you know explain it, but you yeah. Know, so the child is like in a trust. Know. So while they are in a trust, oh, wait, 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 you wait, are. Wait. I heard. I heard that already. Uh, I heard your explanation. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what were you calling I, I about? Thought, I thought we were going to have a conversation. My what, bad. What was what was it that yeah, you wanted I, to no, say, I, Skeeter? I heard that already. I heard, I heard your explanation. Okay, let's get to what you wanted segment. to say. Go ahead. Yeah, so let me just establish again. I'm, I'm, what's called, I'm a market anarchist. I'm, I'm an evil, evolutionary utilitarian. That's what I like to call myself. Uh, I made that up because there's no other label that... Uh, I've never found a school of thought that uh, kind of coincides with um, my 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 real principles that are actually consistent you know i reject uh, the austrian school i reject the idea of rights which are inherently statist i reject mm, the nat- they're not but okay yeah, yeah they're inherently statist they're lockean they're, they're actually no, the opposite the market, of statist but go ahead the market doesn't provide rights like w- what you guys talk oh, about an effective one does and, so the the now I I the grant market, the the, not, the not, it's not some objective uh, thing, but it's efficient. Uh, you sorry, you should appreciate that it's efficient. Hold. I mean his whole his whole focus is what is efficient, what is not efficient. And the thing is that my respecting your rights is actually way more efficient than my not respecting your rights. So if I'm in an economic system where we have the norm of respecting each other's rights, it's a way more efficient economic system than one that doesn't. Go ahead, Skeeter. No, it isn't. Not, not, not necessarily. Uh, oh, I'm mute. Uh, God. Can you just tell me if I'm mute? Uh, not necessarily. There's, there's there's instances where you shouldn't respect someone's, what you call rights. You know? Like what? Uh, like it, let's so, g- give us uh, an example of where you shouldn't respect someone's rights. I don't know. Maybe I can talk about this somewhat. I don't know. I was going to talk about the children's stuff. But, like, for instance, okay, I'll just let's go to children's stuff. Hey, yeah, it's, it's uh, relevant. So again, oh, let me start off. I just wanted to say to you, I'm just glad. Okay, I so you're not going to answer that crazy. question, right? Huh? No, I'm going to. I'm come back. I just wanted to. I had one important thing. I just wanted to commend you guys about because you know the last call I had with Aria, she started BSing me with this prototype theory, and I thought I was going insane. <laughs> you know, and I heard and Bonnie was agreeing with it, talking about 
how she's always so principled and agreeing with this prototype theory. Which I don't even know, know what you're talking about, dude. We weren't. None of the three of us were listening. Yeah, to I, that haven't, I haven't caught up on that episode. The bald, the, bald um, guy, the bald guy was talking about it. The definitions when he's talking about definitions and Aria talking about like uh, prototypes and BS. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Were you talking about that, Captain? Guy. I I haven't been on an episode with Aria. And, when you guys are talking about yeah, definitions, I don't know. Then you're talking about uh, not establishing definitions. Yeah, you've lost us, dude. I, I'm oh, sorry. I think he's yeah. talking okay. about me saying anyway. that uh, that people, when they're having a debate, need to agree on the definitions. They don't necessarily yeah. need to be the definitions out of dictionaries. You did say that. Yeah, you were you, you were you were referring to the debate I was having with me and uh, me myself, Aria, Bonnie, and uh, that other chick. I don't think when he I was, was necessarily because we didn't know what that was all about. Yeah, I haven't listened to yeah, that. Yeah, some episode. other caller had uh, called you in had to, that debate. to talk about uh, the definitions right. thing. You may have had that debate, and someone might have been calling about that debate, but the three of us in the studio weren't privy uh, to that debate. So let's get back to the question that I think okay. uh, you said you were going to answer, which yeah. was in regards to where uh, rights weren't supposed to be recognized. Yeah, or, well, I feel yeah. Sorry, the, yeah when I shouldn't yeah, yeah, recognize yeah, so, someone's rights. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just get back to the children example, which is which is which is what I'm going to do both both at once. So, can you define the non-aggression principle? Okay, and so you're not going to answer that question, you. right? Because you just came back with another question, and you had said you were going to give us an example. I, I can't proceed without knowing your definition, your principles, and uh, showing which because uh, I have to use the the term aggression uh, to to not respect someone's rights. Right? That's aggression, right? When I don't respect someone's rights. So I have to know what aggression is. I don't know. So it may you, or may not be. It depends. When, when I mean, every violation of someone's I'm, rights. I'm get to it. If you, you, I just need to establish the definition of aggression, which is not respecting someone's rights. I'll show no, you I wouldn't say that's what agree, aggression is. Where you agree, you have to, you have to use No, it. because you, if you have a right to free speech, I don't have to use aggression to you know not listen to you, right? Like there's uh, Here's what I'd like to suggest to you, Skeeter. We never really got anywhere with your call here tonight. He's he was he called last night, by the way, and uh, revealed that he's this calls himself this market anarchist or whatever. But he is a utilitarian, and he's that's got a call early. What I took away from it, yeah, he's got a lot to say. So I'd like to suggest that you call in later tonight on Beard Talk Live, which will be starting in about a half an hour. You're welcome to hold uh, for that time, or you can call in uh, at a later point. But these guys are going to be on the show, and I, I'm sure. You would love to have him answer that question. I would adore it. Get into all the nitty gritty about the non-aggression principle. And uh, thank you for the call there, Skeeter. I'll leave you on hold in case you just want to hang on for the half hour. You can tune in at watch.freetalklive.com, 1030 Eastern Time for Beard Talk Live. And who will be the first caller? We'll have to see. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top. So it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.